JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. And here we go. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw. Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Now, as you guys picked a good time to join me, the Michelob Ultra just got here in the buckets. We are at Brothers Downtown, and I guess this is the, uh, I don't know if it's an official, we'll call this the unofficial, almost official opening of the NBA All-Star Weekend. We are downtown on Meridian at Brothers, and we are having a celebration of a lot of things, including the finale of NBA Jam. NBA Jam, of course, our friends at Zinc put this together with Michelob Ultra. And of our winners, they will converge on Brothers Downtown today. The winner, the high score, will take home the arcade game for their man cave, for their den Hell, for the living room, you put that right next to your Gallagher machine, right next to Miss Pac-Man, and then go to work. But the winner will win that. Plus, I love this, too, because you know how much I love live music. You know how much I love going to concerts. They also have a load, and I mean an absolute load of tickets for you for the spring, the summer, and the fall here in central Indiana. A lot of tickets that are going to get you up close and personal, because as I've mentioned before, this spring, summer, and fall around here is going to be really good. Really good. In terms of Ruoff, if you're talking about Gambridge Fieldhouse, the lawn at White River State Park, yeah, as always, my friend Christian and Brown County Music Center, now they're making a lot of noise. We are very lucky to have all these venues within easy driving distance, commuting distance to where we are. And they've got a lot of tickets for you if you, again, are the winner. And, I mean, hell, you can come down and play it as well. And we're going to drink some ice-cold Michelob Ultra and have a fantastic day. Again, the unofficial, slightly official opening of NBA All-Star Weekend at Brothers Downtown. I will want to let you in on this. Uh, Drew is here, and Drew 
is the uh, the manager. And Drew let me in on something I did not know, but they're opening up tomorrow officially the basement portion of Brothers here downtown, which is absolutely outstanding. I mean, you thought you had enough room the way that it was, and now they're going to end up opening up a basement portion of that. That is terrific. I just want to see you down here. Now, I'll be on the road tomorrow. I'll be on the road on Sunday. But we got to take advantage of this, right? Because things are really going to amp up here relatively soon. And uh, we're going to get to soak up. NBA All-Star Weekend, everybody, for the first time since 1985. And uh, I know I'm old. I know a lot of you that listen are old as well. Some of you out there probably had never had the opportunity to see an NBA All-Star game, weekend, whatever. Hey, I realize that the tickets are incredible. There's no doubt about that. But there is a ton going on around here. Places for you to go. We've got parties that have officially been announced. We have parties that still have yet to be announced. I know the TNT guys are going to put that together over a crossover later on tonight. The final Thursday before the All-Star break is on TNT. There's just a ton going on, and you can start it all right here with the great food, the appetizers, the ice-cold Michelob Ultra. And NBA Jam is set up, and it is ready to rock. I... Our first guest today at the bottom of the hour, I don't think you might be able to get him. Now, he's a former Pacer. He was here for a couple of seasons. I think one good and one not so good. He was kind of, he was on the way out when Larry Bird ended up taking over in the latter portions of the 90s after a bad season. But you will remember him well because beyond jumping in here in the mid-90s, coming off the bench for the Pacers, he was a scoring machine. He was his own microwave in both Seattle with the Sonics, with the Suns and Phoenix. Remember that group that they had headed by Kevin Johnson. But Eddie Johnson, Eddie Johnson, also the pride of Illinois. The former Fighting Illini player is on NBA TV, Sirius XM NBA. He also is on, I believe he does the uh, Phoenix games as well. You know, we had Frank Vogel on the show a couple of weeks ago, maybe more than that, maybe three weeks ago now. But we'll talk a little bit about a wide variety of things and do a little bit of look back. Eddie Johnson is one of those guys, you put him in the game, and he was going to fill it up each and every time. And you know me, I love going back to the stuff that a lot of us, if you're my age, really enjoyed that you've never had the opportunity to have anybody on the show yet, talk to him on the show yet. He has been one of them for a long time. And Eddie Johnson going to join us from Sirius XM, NBA, and more, and the Suns Television Network coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana. He's going to join us, too. I saw his photos. I saw the pictures they, uh, and I did not go today. I'll tell you why coming up in a minute. I do have a valid reason other than crossing my arms as I'm doing right now and being a baby and not going over there because I didn't have a ball to go down on the floor. I wasn't acting up like that. Actually, true story, because I've got big goings on tomorrow with the show and then after I get a chance in our lobby. If you remember going back to June, I had the opportunity to sit down for about an hour with iconic with the legendary Oscar Robertson. And I'm going to have another opportunity to do that coming up tomorrow. And as I mentioned back in June, I can cross off something on my list that I've always wanted to do. I mean, legendary 
through so many different levels. You think about the game today. Can you imagine if they officiated the game today? Can you imagine what Oscar Robertson would have done? Now, these guys get range of motion. They get to go wherever they want to go on the floor, basically unimpeded. We talk about it all the time. Good to see you, my brother. We talk about this all the time. Well, they can't stay in front of their guys out front. Yeah, nobody can stay in front of their guys, basically, because you're not really allowed to stay in front of your guys back then. I mean, hell, you could get forearm shivers. You could get pushed. You could get elbowed. And you weren't going to go into the lane without taking any contact. So back in June, I talked to him. I'm going to get the chance coming up after tomorrow's show, uh, back where we are downtown, to do another lengthy interview with the legend Oscar Robertson. And frankly, I felt it coming on late last night. I felt it coming on. I know a lot of you are going through the same thing. I felt a little bit of sickness trying to infiltrate my compound. The sickness was advancing on the fringe of my compound, and this is not the time to be sick. I mean, hell, be sick any other time of year. I don't care when it is, not right now. So I have basically chugged, ingested, injected, rubbed on every possible medicine known to man. I don't even know. Hey, right now, uh, this lovely lady brought out this cup of coffee, which was awesome, piping hot. I'm trying to see if I can feel my lips right here. Let's see. Mm. It is very hot, but there's no way in hell I'm going to miss out on this weekend. No way in hell I'm going to miss out tomorrow night. So, again, with the sickness advancing, I am battling back right now. So there's a little bit of it. You guys kind of noticed the other day my voice was kind of getting a little weird, right? So I am battling that to make sure that the rest of today and then tomorrow at the Slippery Noodle, and then with Oscar Robertson, again, there is, I don't want to be sick for that. So I'm battling it right now. I do not need somebody to step in. This is one that I want to do. So that's kind of where we're working right now. But honestly, I feel good enough to hang with you guys. Obviously, have this ice-cold Michelob Ultra. And what really makes me feel good, I know a lot of you are going to say, A, you're making too much out of this. It's just a game against a crappy team north of the border in Toronto. You're making too much out of it. They're still not very good. Full disclosure, I don't care. I do not care. Losing that game last night would be incredibly detrimental. And the fact they had to go through it in the fashion in which they did to end up getting that win, guys sitting out, and I, by the way, Aaron Neesmith and that injury scares me senseless right now. It should really everybody around here. It just seems like every time something like that happens, and I know you're going to say, well, you know, Tyrese Halliburton wasn't as bad as what we thought. So hopefully that is a new trend. But normally in the past, every time something like that happens, then uh, it ends up being the worst case scenario. We shall see with Aaron Neesmith and that injury from last night. But the Pacers grinded. The Pacers with a lot of guys that normally wouldn't get that great deal of clock. Doug McDermott was firing away from everywhere, hit that half-court shot. It was still on his fingertips, unfortunately, at the end of the half. Thus, it was not counted. But it was a grinder type of game that I mentioned yesterday. I don't care what happens. This does not have to be aesthetically pleasing to my eyeballs whatsoever. I just want you to get a win and get the hell out of Dodge because I felt the same way about them on Monday night in Charlotte, and that was the most embarrassing performance we have seen all year. 
Now, I wanted them on a bit of a better win streak going in to the All-Star break. They are not there. We have a myriad of questions we could be asking about this group. There's no question about that. But on the other hand, you win, you get in, you go for the All-Star break, you get some rest, hopefully, again, knocking on wood, the news regarding Neesmith will turn out to be good, really good news, not bad news. And you get a win and you go to the All-Star break. That's all that really mattered. I mean, you look back, 127-125, and I kind of look at it this way. Like, I, I get it when they win, or check that, when they lose like they did on Monday night, then people say, oh, you're going over the top. There's a lot of season remaining. I mean, look how many games are remaining and a lot of time. And I just don't want to see them blow opportunities. They have blown way too many opportunities. Last night would have been a serious opportunity that you would have blown, and they didn't. And that was good. And then they got a lot of help from guys that you wouldn't necessarily see giving them help. Whether, you know, Ben Shepard for one. Ben Shepard had some big shots down the stretch, part of his 10-point effort. And then that defensive stand against R.J. Barrett on that final possession with Barrett fading away in the lane for that chance to tie. It was not good, and that was good for the Pacers. So really, that's all I wanted. And... Again, you're right. JMV, you're just searching for anything good. Yes, I am just searching for anything good. I'm searching for anything good, and then I'm searching for that anything good to last a little bit longer than five minutes. Or in the case of my Sycamores, 48 hours. I'm looking for it to last a little bit longer than that. So, yeah, again, guilty as charged. I am looking for something good. And I don't care about last night, Toronto, the competition, bad. Who cares? The Pacers still aren't there. You, you can figure it out. And then we'll go all in on them after the All-Star break if they don't get this thing ironed out and certainly look a lot more cohesive than they had. We'll go all in there. But last night it was about going to Toronto, having guys obviously not playing, Miles being one, being sick, Benedict Matherin, we'll find out about him with the injury, with the illness, whatever, Aaron Neesmith going out into the game and then having to count on guys. I mean, Oscar Seaboy got in there last night as well. It really was for Rick Carlisle. It was all hands on deck. And there is something to be said about those games. No matter the competition, you know, road home, whatever the case, there is something to be said about those games where basically you're throwing everybody in there. People are getting clock time that normally don't get clock time. And even if... You're talking about a bad team as competition. They're still trying to win, too. Scotty Barnes with 29 was very good for them last night, without question. Yeah, Bruce Brown had a couple of big plays, I think went into the teens with his output last night as well, who was the former Pacer now in Toronto. And then you had to mix in the Pascal Siakam homecoming. So he got to soak that up, had like a minute 45 of a video for him that was really nice, and then he goes out and scores 23 points. Gives them five rebounds, I believe, and a handful of assists, seven in all in that win. Now, it wasn't one of the great performances that you hope to see from Siakam, but the last thing, as he mentioned after the game, that you want to do, if you're taking in that celebration, if that celebration is for you, for all your service in Toronto, you know, helping be a part of that team that won an NBA title, the last thing you want to have happen is go up there and lose. Yeah, especially to that team. They didn't. They won 127-125 as the final, and we have a lot of time to talk about that at 239-1070. That email address is jmv at 1075thefan.com. Inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, get in there right now. I'll go ahead and load up and jump in there 
coming up in just a minute. We'll do that on the stream, the app, HD Radio as well, where you can find us very easily. I mentioned this is going to be an incredible weekend for us. So tomorrow I'm going to be basically down Meridian a little bit at the Slippery Noodle. And then, as I mentioned, I'm going to go back up for a private affair with uh, Oscar Robertson and a group uh, in our building coming up tomorrow as well. But on Saturday, you get the JMV takeover. And then on Sunday, we're going to be downtown, a little further up downtown at Winter Circle. That's going to be from 3 until 5. So with everything that is going on, every day is going to be utilized. So we got to make sure that the host of this show, your friend, is not sick in any way. So we are battling that today, and we are celebrating, too, with Michelob Ultra. I have to thank Michelob Ultra. Our friends at Zinc and everybody that's been out here participating in NBA Jam, that is one of the great video games and really at the top of the list of sports video games. One of the greatest of all time in the 1990s, one of the greatest of all time. But this has been a stroke of genius from our friends at Zinc to be a part of this. This has gone so well for the past month. And we got the finale here at Brothers Downtown. And I am looking for you, honestly, I, normally, I go downtown and park in our building in the parking garage. I didn't really want to blank with that, so I just pulled up here and parked. I gave a little bit of money. Boom, done. Walked right up here. Incredibly easy. Going to be easy for you to do as well. All right, a lot more besides that. Boilermakers back in action coming up later on tonight. Purdue at home, 8.30, I believe, is that tip time from Mackey against Minnesota. Minnesota, at moments, they have been sneaky good. At other moments, they haven't been so good. Like 17 and a half point favorites, at least somewhere in that neighborhood. Last check for the Boilermakers coming up later on tonight. So we'll talk about that much up as Purdue continues their march through the Big Ten regular season. And then obviously, a, what, a month away from we're officially going to get started? Really, when Boilermaker fans will clock in for this team, they're going to clock in for this team at that moment. Coming up from about a month from now. You know, all this is exactly what you expect. It's almost like Boilermaker fans at time will go, oh, ho, hum. All right, I'm going to wait for this. And that's when that will officially start for Boilermaker fans. But big game against Minnesota at home coming up later on tonight. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on as well. Jeremiah Johnson, Babley Sports Indiana, 4 o'clock hour for JJ, back from Toronto, just in time to go down to Lucas Oil Stadium. I will say this. The floor with the lights and the LED lights looks outstanding. I know sometimes I go kicking and screaming into the new world. Like, you look at these celebrity game participants, and you've got social media influencers. I, like, is it Mr. Beast? Is Mr. Beast in that game? And then my kids all the time... My God, he's got like a candy bar, and it's about the size of my thumb, and it's like seven bucks or something. What the hell's in this candy bar? It's like Willy Wonka stuff, like the golden ticket you're looking for. They go, hey, there's Mr. Beast. I'm going to get this candy bar. And I go, hey, hold on a minute. That's $7. Can you go get something else? It's kind of like when we all sold. Remember we sold candy in the elementary, the world's greatest chocolate bar? We went around with our little cardboard suitcases and went around and sold those to everybody. If you've watched over the past three decades, Those things went from being bigger than our arms when we had them to now they're like bite size. So Mr. Beast gives you kind of like a bite size for like seven bucks, but he's doing something right because everybody loves him. You've got social media influencers. 
You've got all that coming up for the celebrity game. But honestly, over at Lucas Oil Stadium, the floor looks outstanding. I know J.J. was over there a little bit earlier today. We'll talk with him about that, talk with him about last night. And then, does it concern you? And this is something I'll bring up to him as well. Because we often get, don't we? We often get, hey, the schedule is very manageable slash easier for the Pacers once they come back from the All-Star break. The problem that you have is they have not managed the easy aspect of this whatsoever so far. You think about all the easy games that they have blown. Last night would have been another with that two-point win. That's why, to me, it was important. But you go back to Monday night in Charlotte, actually twice this season to Charlotte, twice this season to Portland, once on the road at Washington, once at home to Chicago. They have, in terms of easy games that we would like to reference as easy games, they have blown those easy games. That's why last night was so important. Yeah, no question about that. No, a lot of you want to hit back in the NFL and football. I'm sure we'll get to that probably with the combine coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be down there. I don't know in what capacity, what we're going to do, but we'll be down for the NFL combine once again. And we are a month away from the start of NFL free agency. And I am not going to hold my breath like you shouldn't as far as we say this every year. We talk about all these different scenarios, what happens, none of them come true. And we always mention at the beginning of these conversations, hey, we're going to talk about this right now, but more than likely, this is ultimately going to be a waste of breath. And normally that it is. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 is going to join us per usual coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. We got a lot going for you here. Brothers, we're downtown. I cannot wait to see you here with our friends from Michelob Ultra. It is the finale of the NBA Jam Tournament. All the winners are going to get together, and the high score wins the arcade game NBA Jam for their home, and just a ton, a myriad of tickets to nearly everything that you can be a part of coming up again this spring, summer, and fall Ticket concert-wise for everything around here. And there's a lot happening. So we do that with our winners, and you can play as well if you come down here. The great food, the ice-cold Michelob Ultra, and uh, your services are requested. A little college hoop, we can do that. Yeah, I know we brought this up yesterday with the net. Indiana State goes from 20 to 28. I think you know where I stand on Indiana State right now. And it looks like Jason Kinn. Jason Kinn's one of their more effective, one of their more prominent forces on that team, especially on the glass and especially defensively. He is a question mark for Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois and Carbondale is going to be difficult for them coming up on Saturday. So Indiana State, we talked about that yesterday. IU Northwestern coming up on Sunday. We uh, mentioned Ty Berry yesterday, done for the season after undergoing yesterday meniscus surgery that is a major blow for northwestern to say the least having a good season so far and the loss of ty berry so college basketball all the way around we can get to uh, the nba and everything that you would like to attend all-star weekend we'll talk about that coming up on the other side again that number 239-1070 email the address jmv at 1075thefan.com inside the AAA membership lounge via youtube live the stream the app and hd radio mike chapel jeremiah johnson and one of my favorite players growing up 
because he would come off the bench and fill it up. You guys knew all about Vinnie Johnson, right? Eddie Johnson could fill it up. Great seasons with the Sonics, great seasons with the Suns, and a couple of years here in Indy in the uh, mid to late 90s here as well. As They made a transition, if you remember, when the Larry Brown, the whole Larry Brown thing kind of went into the tank. He was a part of that, that transition of team right there. Eddie Johnson of Sirius NBA and the Phoenix Suns Television Network. He's set to join us coming up on the other side. Do not go anywhere. Stuff to give away, NBA Jam and Bourbon and Beyond tickets. I know a lot of you have wanted the Bourbon and Beyond tickets. A lot of you failed to get in. This is for the entirety of the weekend, too. This is like everything that you want to see coming up in Louisville in September. Bourbon and Beyond tickets when you hear a re-entry. Number nine, we'll get those. And honestly, I can't help it if the lines get full because people want these. This is as big a deal. Like the festivals, in large part, especially the ones that travel around, like Lollapalooza, now it's just one. The festivals now, for the most part, would just be one. And, you know, you talk about what Bonnaroo, I think, down outside of Nashville. What's the one in Indian Wells, whatever they have out in the desert. That's always a big one, too. This is among the large ones. The Bourbon and Beyond weekend in September. And somebody's going to win those tickets a little bit later on. 239-1070. Jump on board with that. And Eddie Johnson of NBA Bally Sports Phoenix and NBA Sirius XM. Eddie Johnson, guy that filled it up back in the day, talks All-Star Weekend and more. Brothers Downtown, Michelob Ultra and NBA Jam. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Hey, we're Brothers Downtown, by the way. We'd love to see you at Brothers Downtown. The uh, celebration of the finale of our NBA Jam, the arcade game is here. The winners will get together, and the winner of that will take home the arcade game and a variety of tickets for you. It is going to be outstanding. So get here. You can play the video game as well. But somebody's going to win the arcade game, the NBA Jam arcade game, courtesy of Michelob Ultra. Remember, too, the shoes that they've had, the Michelob Ultra courtside shoes, the Nike Airs, the throwbacks have been. And listen, the video game is awesome. NBA Jam is awesome. But the shoes that were created for this, courtesy of Michelob Ultra, have been incredible, very popular. Brothers downtown on Meridians, our location today. We would love to see you. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline, 17-year NBA vet. NBA Today, that's weekdays, 4 until 7, Sirius XM, NBA Radio. You can find him there. You can find him, I'm assuming, here in town, because back in the 90s, spent a couple of seasons here. We're talking about Eddie Johnson, who joins us now. Hello, Eddie. How are you? I'm well, and yourself? I love talking about you, and I love talking about guys that I grew up really loving. And uh, hmm. you, for being a shot maker anywhere on the floor. I mean, now, like, anybody makes shots everywhere. But you were like others that any spot on the floor was yours. And, you know, there's always been this whole microwave mentality. He's going to come in, and he can put, you know, immediate points on the board. You've always been to me 
part of that group. And even with the evolution of the NBA, you look back to the era in which you played, you have to look at that especially as I do as well. Yeah, I mean, thank thank you for the compliment. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it's just the, the era I, I grew up in, man. I, I, but obviously I grew up in an era where, you know, you had to be able to shoot the ball in all spots on the floor. Uh, and today's game is a little bit different. You know, you got guys that just shoot threes. You got guys that just post up. A little bit one-dimensional at that. Uh, analytics tries to put them in the spots where they can do damage. And I would have gotten a headache if I had to deal with all that stuff. Uh, just give <laughs> well, me the ball, man, and yes. I'll score. Like, I, exactly. you know, wherever I am. I mean, if I'm 15 feet, if I'm 22 feet, just give it to me on either side, I'll score. And that was our mentality <clears throat> as basketball players. And uh, so it's a little bit different in today's game. So Eddie Johnson with us from NBA and Sirius Radio. It's a former NBA or on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, the other thing that sticks out to me is now really on all levels. I mean, you are put in a category where you also have to get the ball to anywhere you want on the floor, too. It's not so much the passing game, the crisp passing it is for somebody off the dribble to be able to get to any place on the floor as well. That's another change that we have seen. It kind of goes from great team-wise passing to just somebody dribbling to get to that spot on the floor for them or a teammate. That's also how it's changed. Yeah, and it's a change, obviously, I don't like uh, because I just truly believe that you can get to your spot and then when you get there, the ball gets to you and you don't have to do anything but shoot. And in today's game, you're correct. I mean, guys are more wanting to get to that spot on their own instead of off the ball. And that's why when we watch Curry play, you know, Steph Curry play, we're just like, we're amazed. And we throw out so many accolades because we don't see that anymore. And when I watch Steph play, it's like, I did that all the time. You know, when Reggie Miller would see Steph do that, I did that all the time. Ray Allen, yeah. I did that all the time. I mean, Kiki Vandeweghe. I mean, tremendous guys that played off the ball did it all the time. And in today's game, I think it's a lack of trust at times where coaches don't want the ball to hit multiple hands. They'd rather keep it in the hands of that guy and let him create. And uh, at times it kind of bogs down the game. Uh, but the guys in today's game, you have to give them credit. A lot of guys that are excellent at putting that ball down and getting to their spot. It's uh, Eddie Johnson who joins us. NBA All-Star Weekend, I guess officially, kind of unofficially getting underway. We're at Brothers Downtown on Meridian with Michelob Ultra and NBA Jam. I, I was talking to Chris Finch yesterday who was on the show, the Western Conference All-Star coach, the head coach at Minnesota. And I kind of jokingly, Eddie said, hey, um, do you have any plays, you know, diagrammed up? You're going to go to the playbook at the beginning of the game. And I said, it'd be funny if you like called like some uh, motion flex offense out for these guys. And then they wouldn't know what the hell they were going to do because you got to run around a little bit and get a pass. And there's not a lot of dribbling. We had a laugh about that. I said, hey, maybe just go ahead and go with the high ball screen. That's where you initiate basically every offense nowadays yeah. and go with that, huh? Yeah, well, basically, I think based on what we've seen over the last few years, and I hope it changes this year, we've just seen guys take the ball out of bounds. Whoever got the ball out of bounds went down and shot. Uh, it's just been that kind of game. I'm hoping that, you know, the the changes that the NBA has made uh, over the last year, especially, that these guys will put more value in the game and, and be more competitive for uh, at least 36 minutes of the game uh, instead of like the last five. 
So that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, it's just difficult to really put in a, a system. I think if anything, he'll he'll design a play doing timeouts. You know, maybe put an out of bounds play in. But other than that, these are all stars. These are guys that the, are the alpha dogs on their team, and so they're very smart and they know exactly what it's going to take to get themselves a chance to win. So Eddie Johnson is with us. I, I can't remember. I know you've seen the Pacers a couple of times live this year. Uh, we talked to Frank Vogel back when you guys were in town about three weeks ago. Um, but what do you make from what you have seen? And I'm talking about, in this case, Eddie, the evolution of the Pacers star Tyrese Halliburton. He's going to start his first NBA All-Star game. A lot of accolades certainly coming his way. You know, he's that defining piece, certainly, of a growing Pacer team. What do you think about the evolution of his game to where it is right now? Yeah, you know, he's gotten a lot of accolades, and and people obviously are marveling over the way the Pacers are playing, Uh, the way Rick Carlisle has gotten these guys to buy in, to be in top shape pushing the ball every time, whether it's a make or a miss. And that's why I think Carlisle is definitely at the, up there at the top in regards to coach of the year uh, based on what he's done. But Halliburton, man, look, he he's fundamentally sound. And that's the one thing I don't hear enough of when it comes to him. Like, he's fundamentally sound, meaning that he puts himself in the right position to make the right pass. Whether he's got to take an extra dribble to the right or left, whether he gives a ball fake, all of those things that you're taught in high school, and a lot of these guys have forgotten it, but he has held on to it. And now he's using it to his advantage, and he's just embarrassing people with his fine play. You know, he's throwing up 15 assists and not getting one turnover. You know how difficult that is? Like, those are the things that I'm more impressed with than anything, past the scoring. Uh, I just think he's a tremendous young player. And just to think that Sacramento had he and De'Aaron Fox on the same team. And when you watch <laughs> both of them play, you realize that, yeah, that, that was the right thing for Sacramento to do. Because one of those they, one of those guys would be holding the other back. These two guys are alpha dogs. They needed to be on their own team. And right now they're showing it. Uh, but Halliburton, man, he's, he's, he's fun to watch, man. And he's a guy to my own heart because he talks a lot of smack, and I love it. <laughs> Eddie Johnson joins us. NBA Today, that's weekdays, 4 until 7 on Sirius XM. NBA Radio, he's with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You know, you mentioned that deal with Sacramento and the Pacers. I, I mean, really, as much as Sacramento needed to unload somebody to go with one because both just – wasn't going to work for him. The same thing can be said about the Pacers with Sabonis and with Turner. I mean, somebody was going to have to go. And rarely do you see these deals work out as well as this deal has worked out for both teams. You know, you're correct. You're correct. Uh, you know, I guess after you see it in hindsight, you kind of wish that, man, I wish they, I wish these two could have really coexisted together because look how good we'd be. But a lot of times it does, just doesn't work that way. Uh, the other guy needs his freedom. He needs the confidence to know that he's the guy. And uh, he's the guy that can lead. And that's exactly what both of them are doing. Miles Turner is playing an excellent brand of basketball. He's using his big bodies to set screens, put himself in the way. And in putting himself in the way, he's getting high-percentage shots, probably the most high-percentage shots he's gotten in his career so far. And look, I understand. You know, look, when you when you're a professional man, everything is not going to go smoothly. And I know he dealt with over a few years where he was always mentioned in trade rooms, but that's okay. 
just part of it. And I really, really respect his professionalism through it all. Uh, I didn't hear much chatter back from him at all. Uh, and then ultimately the Pacers rewarded him in season. And you don't see that much. You don't see a player being rewarded in season. And uh, to me, it just said a lot about his character and his leadership on that team. You know what, Eddie, too, when you talk about, you know, all the the trade rumors that he was a part of so much, the other thing was, too, you go back a couple of summers ago and the Pacers signed DeAndre Ayton to an offer sheet, which I joke about all the time with Chad Buchanan, the general manager, because I I like one copy of that. I mean, you've got to be glad considering what – he has gone through certainly in his time so far in Portland that it didn't work out the way that evidently at that moment maybe the Pacers thought it was going to work out. Right, exactly. You know, sometimes be careful what you wish for, right, in a lot of ways. But I understand, uh, you know, the, obviously the love affair with DeAndre at that time. Uh, he was part of that Sun team that went to the final, and he was one of the major reasons uh, in the earlier rounds how the Suns got to the final. So I, I can understand that. Uh, the league is very talented, and, you know, no one is bigger than the other. There's only a few players in this game that separates themselves from everybody, and you can say, well, we'll never trade him, right? But it's not that many. And, and so you, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, you're hired to be fired, and you're signed to be traded. And you just never know. Uh, there's always somebody that's going to look better than you and it's going to get the attention of someone else. And it could be right or it could be wrong. Uh, but that's just the case. So what you have to do as a professional, go out there and do your job every damn night, man. That's it. You know, it's a short career anyway. You're going to play. If you're lucky, you'll get 12 years in. If you're blessed, you'll get 17 in like I did. Okay? Or you'll get, what, 18 in like Reggie Miller did. I mean, it's like everybody doesn't get that opportunity to play that long. And so what you do is don't worry about the stuff around it. Just go enjoy the game that you love. So Eddie Johnson from Sirius XM NBA Radio, the 17-year NBA vet, is on the Andy Moore Automotive Crew Hotline. Part of those 17 years that we're talking about, spin in Seattle with the Supersonics. Do you think that Seattle will ever get a franchise back again? Without a doubt. It's inevitable. Without a doubt. Because I believe when the league does go to expansion, they're going to have to put two teams in uh, because it'll be an uneven conference. So I just truly believe they'll put two teams in, and both of them will be on the West Coast. It'll be uh, Seattle and Vegas, and then they got to decide which team they're going to move from the West to the East. And it's going to be probably between uh, New Orleans, uh, Minnesota, and probably Memphis. And so I, think, I believe that's what's going to happen. Uh, and I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Tell you what, iconic, iconic logos, colors. And it, it's still to me, it, it is still shocking to me that they don't have that. One of the, the most noted franchises in the NBA for so many years. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll be a little bit more straightforward. It was a joke. Yeah. Like yeah. that team should have okay. never moved. Like I, I was on, I was on a, a team in Kansas City. Okay, I understand why they moved. Like I was on the team that moved from Kansas City to Sacramento. I understand why we moved. Like we were only having maybe twenty five hundred to three thousand fans. We are the Arena Kemper Arena, which was a nice arena, but it was by the stockyards. 
I'm driving the games and I'm hearing animals being slaughtered. Like, you know, it just wasn't in a good place. It just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't right. And I understand that move. I have no idea why the Seattle Sonics moved out of Seattle. Now, I knew they needed a new arena and all of that, and it was an issue. But that's one of the best fan bases I've ever played in front of. And it's just a travesty that they don't have a team. And they're going to get one, tell you that. And when they get one, it will be probably one of the most difficult places to go play a game because there was nothing like that fan base when I played there. He is Eddie Johnson with us. One final thing before I let you go. I know when you came out of Illinois, um, you were drafted by, as you mentioned, Kansas City and the Kings. Uh, I'm assuming you go far back. I don't know this for certain. You go far back with Mike Woodson? Uh, it's kind of funny, right? I'm actually sitting here at lunch with him right now. You're and not. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him holding his grand his grandkid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks like a little kid right now. I mean, I didn't even know he can hold a baby anymore. <laughs> he hear he hears me talking. <laughs> but uh, no, he's one of my best friends in the world, man. And uh, we've been close forever. And uh, he competing obviously with Indiana, even though we didn't like each other. Uh, but yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, he and I go way back. Yeah, and uh, obviously in in Kansas City, when you were at Illinois and you played at Assembly Hall in Bloomington, obviously at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, how does that compare? You talked about Seattle being, you know, a raucous environment and will be again soon. But how about both in Bloomington and West Lafayette for you? Say it again. I'm sorry. I didn't hear the last part. Um, the the environments at Assembly Hall in Bloomington in the early 80s for you and Macurina and West Lafayette for the early 80s Unreal. for you Unreal. compared to, you know, the most fired up audiences, uh, I, I guess, arenas you've ever played at. No, Big Ten was first and foremost. Like, playing in the Big Ten, man, I tell young kids, if, if they're interested in going to Big Ten, you're not going to find a better uh, conference. You're not going to find a better environment to go compete and prove yourself. Uh, it's, it's, and the Big Ten historically has always been a good bridge to the NBA because of the physicality, because of the way the officials allow you to play. And for me, there's no way that I play in the league as long as I did or been mature enough to, to make it if it wasn't for the Big Ten. If it wasn't for me having to go into Mackey Arena, if it wasn't for me to have to come to Bloomington and have to deal with that crowd and Bobby Knight over there looking at you, and then obviously going to Iowa uh, and hearing them stomp uh, where our lockers were below the floor and hearing them stomp, and we couldn't even do our team meeting. I mean, please. I mean, it's just – I tell kids, it's the best conference in the country, and uh, now it's not 10 anymore. What is it, about 15? I don't even remember. I don't even know now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. But just a great environment. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Johnson, well, I'm going to let you get back to lunch with Mike Woodson. You guys talking basketball, or are you staying far away from it? No, no, he, no, he and I don't really talk too much basketball. I'm, obviously, I'll be you – know, I'm, I'm going to my first game uh, when they play Northwestern on Sunday. Cause I'm, obviously, I'm here for all the all-star festivities. But, you know, we don't really talk basketball when we're around each other. You know, we just talk about everything else. And uh, that gives him his opportunity to relax because I know he's got a pressure cooker job, uh, obviously, at his alma mater. And uh, – 
just want his players to get healthy uh, so he can put that product on the floor that he knows that can get them wins. Ty, Eddie Johnson, 17-year NBA veteran, NBA today on uh, Sirius XM NBA Radio. Uh, in town and heading to Bloomington to watch Northwestern and IU coming up on Sunday down in Bloomington. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pilot. Hey, it's a pleasure. I, I could talk ball with you forever. Um, and thank you for handing out the time and allowing us to speak with you today. And, hell, we'll do it again soon if you have a couple of minutes again. to and go even further. I appreciate you. Hey, look, anytime I can talk Big Ten stuff, man, you can always call me. All right? Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Okay. All righty. Okay. Take care. It is uh, Eddie Johnson on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. That was just a shot in the dark right there. And Eddie Johnson is at. Now, you guys are saying, ask where they are. They may not have wanted anybody to know where they were. I don't know. That's interesting. Eddie Johnson on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Again, I could do that for a long time. I love ball, especially that particular era of ball with Eddie Johnson in his 17 years in the NBA. Brothers downtown with Michelob Ultra, an NBA jam, and your chance, your chance, if you win, you get that high score to take the video game, the arcade game, home. As we're downtown at Brothers, quick break, we'll come back. Jeremiah Johnson coming up top of the hour, and your calls as well. It's 93.5107. Five the fan. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Others, thank you for joining us. The uh, culmination, the finale, the finals of our NBA Jam contest. The winner, the high scorer, is going to take the NBA Jam arcade game home. Thank you to our friends at Zinc, just outstanding partners, as usual. Michelob Ultra and NBA Jam bring us to you. Shout out to Drew here at Brothers. If you're looking for a spot to hang out for the NBA All-Star Weekend, Drew and his staff, they have the spot for you. And I mentioned, too, they are going to open up tomorrow as well as the basement area that is brand new, the uh, brand new uh, enclosed to stay warm area here off to the side. The whole patio area, too, is going to be new. So, yeah, this is the place. If you're thinking about where you're going and, you know, it's going to be crowded, right, wherever you go. But this place has so much room. Get here for the great food, the ice-cold Michelob Ultra, and the fun times at Brothers Down. Look at her right there. I've got on different ones right now. But I love them, though. I do. I just don't want to get them dirty. They're, one, they're like one of one. Yeah, they're one of one. I love them. Thank you. Courtney was talking about me not having the uh, courtside shoes on today, but I don't want to get them dirty because, again, they are one. Actually, they're, I guess, one of five, six, one of six, I think. So, but they are awesome. They're uh, on my shelf right now. The Michelob Ultra courtside NBA, NBA Jam, the Nike Air throwbacks, blue and gold that look awesome. All right, Mike Chappell coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Pacers a winner last night. Into that a little bit, too. More on All-Star Weekend. If you mentioned Eddie Jar Mitch, I should say missed Eddie Johnson, you can go to the podcast, 107.5thefan.com, and check it out. That was fantastic on so many levels, and I had literally zero idea until the very end that he was sitting across the table from IU basketball coach Mike Woodson somewhere at lunch. So 
That was interesting. Podcast 1075thefan.com on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. Back from Toronto, checking out the LED floor earlier today at Lucas Oil Stadium. Ready to soak up the exploits of NBA All-Star Weekend. Jeremiah Johnson of Bally Sports Indiana is with us. How you doing, JJ? I'm doing good, John. How are you? I'm outstanding. So I'm just having a conversation with Eddie Johnson. You know, talking about all those years, the uh, couple, three years he spent here in the 90s, and then obviously Seattle, you know, when they're going to get another franchise one of these days, all that. And then at the end of the conversation, he brings up that he's sitting right across from Mike Woodson having lunch right now. So where do I take that? I go, okay, kind of buried the lead on this a little bit right here, Eddie, didn't we? And that was a classic name drop, but it was an effective one, and I guess, yeah. Probably better for for all parties. It was at the end of the conversation in the beginning, right? I would imagine it probably was better for all all parties right there. I said, are you guys talking any ball? And he said, no, when we get together, we don't talk any basketball. And that's also probably a good thing right now, too. So, hey, by the way, IU Northwestern coming up on Sunday down in Bloomington. Jeremiah Johnson is with us. Before we get to the rest of the NBA All-Star weekend that is around here, I had mentioned the game last night. I put it in the same category as I did in that really embarrassing loss in Charlotte on Monday night is one where, by all means necessary, it doesn't matter. We're not going to hang this thing on the wall, right, and check it out. You just want to get a win and get the hell out of Dodge. And unlike Monday night in Charlotte where they didn't, they did that last night in Toronto. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I just said hi to Fred Jones. You were named dropping that. Uh, Fred so Jones. I just saw Freddie Jones. Have you ever taken your kids up to Mojo up there and, and shot on the – because I think Fred's a part of that, right, at the yeah, Mojo Fieldhouse up there? That's location. It was on uh, Crawfordsville Road. We went there quite a few times. But you never know who you're going to run into this weekend. Nah, Fred's, um, Fred's a judge for the slam dunk competition as a former champion. Something he knows about. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that what Rick Carlisle said after the game matched what I said to start the postgame show matched – what you just said you just want to get a win and it's one of those situations where you know you had to overcome the loss of charlotte you needed to bounce back and you did yeah and that's that's kind of how i looked at it as well and and really i mentioned all hands on deck i mean it took everybody it took everybody to get that win even against a bad toronto team it took everybody to get it done and you got especially on both ends of the four some stellar moments with ben shepherd in mind in closing yeah, I mean, it's not a game, as you mentioned, that you're going to look back on that much at the end of the season, but you had your Oscar Sheepway minutes, and then you had the game-clinching defensive stop from Ben Shepard. I mean, who would have thought that had been the rotation on the court at the very end? So that was, that was something that got a lot of excitement inside the locker room and on the court right after the game. So Jeremiah Johnson of Valley Sports Indiana. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. Tell me this. What's your expectation – for Aaron Neesmith, that didn't look great. Um, I know that Rick mentioned after the game that he, he walked off the floor with a little helper from others. We got any expectation on this? Would we fare a guess, dare to guess? <laughs> I, I, it would be tough for me to guess. I know the injury report when it first came out and it said shin soreness. I was happy to see that. And then Rick Carlisle mentioned that it could have been an ankle so, uh, you know, you're a little concerned, and they were going to have some x-rays or some imaging done today. So, again, I'm, I'm probably in the middle on it. Um, I don't know that it was as bad as it looked, 
but it may not have been as good as the initial injury report came out. And he's such an important player on the team. I mean, you could argue outside of you know, Halliburton, Siakam, Turner, he's your most important player. And even some nights above those three guys, or at least somewhere in the mix because of what he does on both ends of the floor, how hard he plays. Um, it's just been a fantastic season. You really can't afford to lose him for any period of time. At least it is the all-star break right now. So you have a little bit of a chance if he is injured uh, to heal without missing games. No, it's uh, Jeremiah Johnson of Bally Sports Indiana. The thing of it is he has such a high level of importance to this team. I mean, so many different areas that I mean, he's one of those guys that you just can't make up for right there because of what he brings to the table, really everywhere. Yeah, I mean, Rick Carlisle wants to have a guy that can spread the floor. He does that, his catch-and-shoot three-pointers. I almost marked down three on my scorebook every time he shoots the ball. He is willing to accept the challenge defensively, some of the toughest matchups. It's not always going to be um, successful, but he's going to give you absolutely every ounce of effort that he has every single night. You can never um, have any doubt about that. And so he's, he's a little bit irreplaceable on this team when you consider – They've got some backcourt depth. They have some some center depth. Now you add Pascal Siakam. The four position looks pretty good. You know, Aaron Neesmith can play the three, can play the four, but, you know, you really need him at that three position in your lineup. What is it that we have seen, for example, from this team? I remarked about this yesterday, and, you know, maybe it's the, uh, the newness of getting together with new teammates on the fly is what they have done. But it does not seem like the ball is moving as crisply as it once did this year. And, you know, obviously this is not a blame on Siakam, but it just kind of seems like at that moment, all of a sudden the ball kind of sticks a little bit more. So I think among the things I would love to see them be able to work on and do better is to get back to that ball movement that they had going so well. I'm not blaming this on Siakam, but I just think that the, the ball movement aspect of it it's kind of been lost a little bit in some of these games that have been disappointing. Yeah, I think it's a good point. You have to take Siakam and his advantages and his strength with maybe the ball stops just a little bit, although I would argue that he probably doesn't get the ball as frequently as maybe I would even say sometimes he should. Now, in Toronto, they were going to try to get him the ball. They were going to try to get him off to a good start. Didn't get off to a good start, but then had a really good finish to the game. And they're still averaging right around 30 assists almost every single night. So if you're not seeing that ball whip around the perimeter quite as much, maybe he's uh, more on the, on the post and you're going inside a little bit and then he's trying to create – I think it's okay. I think it's understandable because when he's not on the court, you are just trying to have four guys outside the arc, sometimes even five. And so if he's inside, it's another dimension. He can still kick it out. He's still – he's not the kind of guy you throw the ball and you expect to never see it again with his playmaking. So he'll get it inside. He will score. He'll take advantage of mismatches. Um, but, but I think he'll find guys outside as well. So I guess I'm not as concerned. The other thing that I would say is you're still – maybe until the last couple of games, dealing with Tyrese Halliburton coming back to full strength. And so after the All-Star break, you'll have no issues, hopefully, about the hamstring, no issues in terms of minutes restriction. And that can help your ball movement if he's at 100% as well. JJ's with us, Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports Indiana on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So with Matherin, is it more illness? Is it more injury? And, you know, might that unfortunately hijack – his weekend where he's got a lot going on for himself here in Indy for the all-star weekend. Where, where do we stand right now with Matherin and his situations? 
Well, actually, I was with Pat Boylan uh, near the convention center today, and, and I saw his sister, and she said he's doing all right. So I would I would take it that he had a bad illness. He had a, a little bit of a, of a knee situation, banged knees, I think, a few games ago, and then didn't feel 100% illness-wise again yesterday. But, I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens this weekend. I have no indications that would lead me to think that he would not be able to participate on Friday and Saturday. And, again, then the good news is after Saturday, rest and relax and hope that next Thursday you're uh, 100%. But you know he had to not be feeling well to not be able to play in that game in Toronto. He never misses games for any any reason. And I even think Rick Carlisle had mentioned it that, you know, sometimes they have to almost pull him off the court. And maybe that's what happened uh, that night. But uh, I will say he wasn't. 100% really over the last week and a half. And when fans were upset about individual game performances, sometimes you have to take that in mind. Not just is it the middle of his second season where he's barely had any breaks, but, um, you know, if you're physically not the best and then you're dealing with an illness as well, it's hard to perform at, at peak level. Do they need to sanitize the locker room areas or such? It seems like a little bit. Of, and right, I'll be honest, like right now I've got, I'm fighting mine off right now too. But um, I guess everybody's kind of coming down with something, it seems. But it seems like a lot of guys in that locker room are going through it. It's almost going one at a time now. You know, Miles Turner came down with something uh, yesterday. And a lot of the illness that had been going around, it, it was pretty serious. It's like T.J. McConnell, he was knocked out for, uh, you know, two or three days. And I think the same for Benedict Mather when he was first ill. And so it's. I don't know. I'm sure they're doing everything they can to make sure there's no spreading of germs. And when someone is sick, you don't see them. They're not at practice. They're not around. Um, so I think they're doing everything they can to limit the damage. But as, as we've learned, um, you know, sometimes if a virus is going around, it's hard to stop. They have um, an opportunity, don't they? When you look at the schedule here down the stretch after the All-Star break, they have an opportunity because it has eased up. I think part of the issue is, though, Jeremiah is the simple fact they have oftentimes played down to the competition with this. But looking at the schedule, what they have coming, where they are right now in the East with that win last night, what are your thoughts on the uh, remaining games here down the stretch where, again, it looks at least with the eyeball test that their schedule has eased up a bit? What we've learned from this team is you cannot say a game is too challenging, too difficult, and that they should lose. They can win those games. And you also, at the other end, can't say, well, that's an easy win. That's, that's a team that's going to be in the lottery. That, that's an automatic victory. Um, it hasn't been the case this season. I will say it seemed like there was enough anger and disappointment with what happened in Charlotte. Um, they came out and played hard against Toronto. They were just really shorthanded. So it was, again, again, they had to do whatever they could to just get a win. But they've had enough eye-opening experiences and disappointing losses that you would think after the All-Star break they can take care of business more often than not. But I hate to use it as an excuse or say I can't answer the question. Health will be a big factor if they're able to have that success after the break because their strength in the early part of the season was the depth and how they could play 10 guys, their bench would every single game outscore the opposition. If all of a sudden three of your top eight or nine are not there – that affects your second unit. It affects your starting rotations. Maybe guys have to play heavier minutes. And then when they come back, maybe they're not 100%. So they were one of the healthiest teams in the league in the first half. And now they're going through a little bit of a stretch, like many teams do at the All-Star break, where they've got some bumps and bruises and some illness. And, again, you know, with the Aaron Neesmith situation, you really hope it's not something worse. But 
if they have three or four guys that are out after the break, that's going to be really hard to go on a run. You're almost going to have to just try to um, stay about even until you get your guys back. So that, that'll be the thing I'll be watching. I do think the All-Star break's at a good time. And, again, it's a sprint to the finish. It's not the midway point of the season. You are over two-thirds of the way through this season, and you can look at the standings every single night. You can lose a game and go from six to eighth in the Eastern Conference. So uh, I'm expecting a sense of urgency, and I expect this team – to really handle business when when they face a lesser opponent more often in March and April. So no doubt about that. It's uh, Jeremiah Johnson of Valley Sports Indiana on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You did reference after the Charlotte game. Was that a full-blown players-only locker room meeting held by Miles Turner on Monday? Is that what you got? Well, you know, it was weird. It's, I didn't. Sometimes I'll go in there a lot after the game. Sometimes the post-game show ends, and I'm just trying to get my bags and, and kind of get to the bus. And it was one of those nights I didn't actually go in there for a long period of time. So, um, you know, obviously I read Dustin's coverage, and he was in there. And I know it was very quiet in there. And that was – so I was in there at some point when the, when the locker room was open. It wasn't one of those long meetings um, that, that you have. And, again – I didn't hear a lot about it until the next day, so I wouldn't say it was one of your classic closed-door, you know, players-only meetings, but Quinn was accurate in describing. The players talked. The coaches weren't in there. That means it was players-only. And as Isaiah Jackson told me, he wasn't going to reveal everything that was said, but he said some things were said that needed to be said. And so um, take that from a young player in the league, a, a player that is in and out of the rotation. He at least knew that the, it was serious enough that, some things were said, and maybe some guys took it to heart. So I don't know that any season happens that you don't have that happen a time or two. Sometimes it's more publicized than others. But uh, this just happened to be that night on, on Monday in Charlotte. It did look like, at least for a while, it seems like that they've slowed down the pace a little bit. I don't know if that's just because they need a weekend off and need a little bit of rest right now. That's probably the case for about everybody, especially if you're in the thick of things in either conference. But – it just doesn't seem like that they were playing at the breakneck speed or that level here recently as, as they had. And, you know, that's one of the things I brought this up to Chris Denary yesterday. You know, I, before those five wins against Milwaukee, two of those, Giannis said, hey, and I just ran out of gas at the end. These guys are up and down the floor with their young legs. And that was a big deal. And it continued to be a big deal. But it kind of seemed like that maybe those young legs were getting a little bit heavy, a little bit tired here recently. Did you see that? I did see that, and it was uh, one of those rare situations against Toronto where the other team was faster and, and better mm-hmm. at fast break points than the Pacers, and they were getting out and going. And, and the Pacers weren't really even turning the ball over. It was Toronto grabbing a missed shot, and they were going. And I think at halftime they had something like 22 fast break points. And so it, I don't know whether the Pacers were trying to slow the game down a little bit just to make sure that it wasn't too fast for Toronto, but I do know – uh, there were some a couple different times I heard Tyrese Halliburton say, let's run, let's go. So teams are trying to take away what the Pacers did well in that first portion of the season. If you're getting ready to game plan against Indiana, you know you've got to get back, so it's near the top of the scouting report. And again, the game will naturally slow down as you get towards the postseason and in the playoffs. So you have to be able to play that well. You can't just rely on running up and down and outscoring people that way. So it's not necessarily, to me, bad practice but I do think they probably need to push the pace just a little bit more. And the key to doing that, though, is getting a stop and getting a rebound. And both of those things have also been a little problematic. When, when teams shoot 55 60% from the field, there aren't as many stops. 
and then we're seeing opposition get offensive rebounds, well, then you're not able to get You can't run. You can't get out and go until you either get stopped or a rebound, and that's where it all starts. Yeah, that was an issue again last night. So, no doubt about that. Jeremiah Johnson with us. Before I let you go, NBA All-Star Weekend, what are you taking in? And what did you think about the LED floor at Lucas Oil Stadium you were shown later? Or I should say earlier today. Yeah, I just took advantage of the opportunity, the little open house, to show some of the media what they were doing. And it, it'll be awesome on TV. And I think even in the, in the Lucas Oil Stadium, it'll be a great experience because there are so many monitor walls. The court will constantly change. It, it won't be what you're used to, but I think as All-Star Saturday night, it's the perfect game and event, or I should say event, for something like that. Someone asked uh, one of the uh, folks at the NBA if this is the future, if you're going to have LED lights on, on all the courts. He said maybe, but that's a long way down the road. Uh, you, you remember some fans didn't exactly appreciate the – the in-season tournament courts, but after a while, it grew on them, and you didn't you didn't hear as many complaints. And so, um, it, it's really really cool. I mean, I I thought the initial pictures that I saw were impressive, and to see them go from one design to the other, and to see the ability on that um, celebrity game where they can track a player and have like trailing stars as they're running up and down the court, like you do see sometimes on some of these alt cats uh, that they have for some of the big games. It, I, it'll be really cool, and I think people will not be disappointed by that part that'll be that'll be one of the highlights and one of the things you remember about all-star saturday night all right so what are you going to be up to are you and pat boylan doing something for bally as i hear yeah we're just kind of running around trying to get a little bit of the flavor for uh some of the regions trying to document some of what happens whether it's in a media session uh, i just happened to stop by what the footlocker experience um and, and victor Wembanyama was in there doing a little uh doing a little demonstration for some kids. So, honestly, I, I was there, walked in, and, and some of those are private and some of those are not. But you still can walk around downtown Indianapolis and you never really know what you're going to see. Just like I saw Fred Jones and just like you're talking with Eddie Johnson and he's sitting there having lunch with Mike Woodson. Have your eyes open, look around, take it all in, and I think the weather's going to be great as well. Sun's shining right now, so it should be a great weekend. So what was uh, Wimbanyama doing? What was he demonstrating? Well, it was it was more a little Q and A with some youngsters in the area and and talking about you know his path to to get to where he was and and you know talking shoes as well and they had just started doing a little bit of a ball handling drill and and he was out on the court but uh, it wasn't like he was showing them how to block shots or dunk because they were a long way from uh, from where he's at but he he seems he does seem like uh, from from the little bit of the Q and A that I heard before I had to leave and and join your call um, it, it seems like a really good good kid and the NBA is in a good place if he's part of the future. All right. So you're taking a break at all over these uh, next couple of days outside of this weekend here? You will see. I mean, no, on Monday and Tuesday will be a break, but no plans to go anywhere, but just we'll relax a little bit after, again, just trying to experience what I can and also hope, hope to share some with, with some of the viewers. So it'll be a fun weekend. Again, uh, just looking forward to it. And, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's enough of a day of a break for me. And I am looking forward to the four-game homestand. So we'll be back on the road again for almost two weeks now. So that'll be nice before things really pick up as we get into March. No, that'd be really good for you guys, too. Now, you're going to the All-Star game? Yeah, I have a credential, so I believe I will be there. Again, it's, it's, some things have been a little bit last minute uh, for, for me, but um, as of now, planning to be there, yep. 
All right, well, you got to stop. I'm doing, um, I'm doing a show three until five Sunday at the Winner's Circle. So I know Denary's going to stop by, so you need to stop by as well. How yeah, about that? Well, we'll see if we can work that out. I think you probably should. I think you probably can. You know, I am a little bit disappointed. I'm not going to whine about it. But I know you went over and saw the LED floor. I really wanted to put a couple of shots up on that. I well, never I got over there to do it. Going down, you were going to the right person when you brought it up to Chad Buchanan, did you? You needed to follow up with him because even I was there today, and I didn't see a basketball on the court. So even if you were at that session, I don't know if anybody was able to get any shots up. So uh, I apologize yeah. that I am not of a position to pull that string. But, um, you know, Chad was probably your best bet there. Yeah, no, I know. I think that a lot of this, though, is completely out of the hands of the Pacers, right? This is all like an NBA run thing for the most part uh, that is a very a very uh, accurate observation that you've made john <laughs> <laughs> running everything all right that's jeremiah johnson valley sports indiana on the andy moore automotive group hotline hey have some fun this weekend get a little bit of rest i'll look for you at the winter circle coming up on sunday if you have some time as well jj appreciate you all right. Apologize. At the very beginning, I was a little short. I had just walked up the steps, and I was a little out of breath. So I caught my breath, and hopefully I was able to finish the call strong. No, that's okay. So you get out of breath when you walk and talk at the same time? Yeah. It reminded me one yeah. time that I ran into the studio at Fox 59 after editing some high school football highlights, and my heart was pounding, and I was out of breath, and I got to the spot about a second before – I had to start talking, and I had to probably do about four minutes worth of highlights without having a break, and it's probably one of the worst feelings that I've ever had. I wasn't at that point uh, in this situation, but I could tell I was getting a little bit short of breath, and I just needed you to talk a little bit. Let me catch my breath before I could get my second win. Yeah, you know, that's how when I hyperventilated one time on Channel 13 on a Saturday morning. That's what happened to me. I was on a dead (laughs) sprint, got out there. And they just, you know, on the weekends, Kelly Greasy, who was the executive producer, just said, hey, you've got eight minutes because she didn't want to jack with putting anything in there at the end. A little buffer time-wise, I did like eight minutes. And I was out there for eight minutes hyperventilating and going crazy because I had to sprint back. And I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to, you know, edit anything. or You know, I just was kind of on a wing and a prayer the way that it was. But, yeah, that's true, man. You get out of breath in situations like that, four minutes seems like 40 Oh, yeah. It's happened to me twice. I said one time on a Friday night at Fox 59, and then one time on a weekend at WTWO, I had like a stack of tapes back when you actually had to edit tapes. And I just dropped them off at the tape room. I'm running out during weather, and all of a sudden the same thing happened. And I just had to stop and say, just hold on a sec. And I took like three deep breaths, and I was glad I was not on uh, Valley Sports Indiana for that blooper. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Jeremiah Johnson of Valley Sports Indiana. Pacers now with the All-Star break. Back at it next week on a homestand. And uh, J.J., I'm sure, and Pat Boylan will have a lot of stuff for you. As the sideline guys coming up this weekend, J.J. will look for you coming up on Sunday at Winter Circle, okay? All right, John. Hope everyone has a great weekend. You got that right. Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports Indiana. Hey, James, man, look up the weather the hell the weather is going to do from today until tomorrow do we know is it getting cold rain so it's looking like tomorrow the high is looking like 33 well that's no good man it would have been great last week was a great february weekend 
We needed last week this week, didn't we? I will say it's looking like next week we get back up into the 60s, though. That figures. Yeah. So this is going to be the weekend, the tweener weekend. Now, listen, I know it's Indiana, and you can expect that. But, yeah, last week, last week was fantastic for early February. You know, it's kind of funny when you look at sports events in terms of, you know, on the downhill slide to get to some place. You know, one of the major ones for me, and not because I sit there and watch a great deal of it. I'm, it's, it's on sometimes, and I kind of have kind of half-assedly pay attention but the Daytona 500 is coming up on Sunday, and that was always the line to where you got past that, and it almost feels like the winter time is, is almost done. Like, the worst is behind you. It always felt that way regarding the Daytona 500. Again, I don't sit there and watch every lap, but I always kind of felt, when you get on the other side of that, the weather gets better. Now, granted, you know, into February, into March, you can get absolutely anything. And knowing if you get a couple of 70-degree degree days on the, the back half of that, you're going to end up having some really bad weather, as we have seen the past couple of years, and then some cold temps. But it always seems like Daytona is that time to where you get on the other side, and all of a sudden you get closer and closer to the spring. And, of course, Daytona is coming up on Sunday, the NBA All-Star Game. Coming up on Sunday here in Indy as well. Mike Chapel, top of the hour. We're a month away from NFL free agency, and we're going to be eyeballing things with Michael Pittman Jr., I'm assuming, coming up next week. Everybody believes it's a foregone conclusion that he is going to be back, and I would be among those that would believe that, but in what capacity? Long-term deal, franchise tag utilized for the first time since Patton McAfee. Talk about that and more with Mike Chappell coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana. And, of course, Eddie Johnson was awesome. 17-year NBA vet. And he was having lunch at that moment with Mike Woodson, the IU head coach, a little bit earlier. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Brothers downtown, we're here with our friends from Zinc with Michelob Ultra. The finals of NBA Jam going on. Somebody's going to take the arcade game home with them. And just a myriad of tickets coming up for the concert season. Again, courtesy of Michelob Ultra and Zinc. Quick break. We'll come back inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Two more minutes. They could be miles off course. That's impossible. They're on instruments. This is going to be a real sweat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. John here live from Brothers Bar and Grill. We're downtown. Michelob Ultra, our friends at Zinc and NBA Jam that everybody's playing right now. Somebody's going to take home the arcade game and a ton of tickets for the concert season here in central Indiana. Thank you, Michelob Ultra, and thank you, Zinc, for what has been an awesome promotion. Just great partners they are with us. And a shout-out to Drew here at uh, Brothers. You can ask for Drew when you come down. And a great show so far. Two incredible guests talking about two different things, even though when you get down to the the nuts and bolts of it, it is about the same thing, the NBA. But Eddie Johnson and Jeremiah Johnson, fantastic. If you missed any of it, the 17-year NBA veteran and the sideline guy. 
from Valley Sports Indiana, the podcast with each 107.5, thefan.com. A lot of things with both. And I don't know if anybody remembers too much about Eddie Johnson. If you're my age, I'm sure you do. But my man had everyone they say now the bag. He had everything in his bag offensively anywhere on the floor. And it wasn't like, as we talked about, he wasn't getting there with the dribble. He was getting there with, with movement. But just an amazing career. And again, NBA Serious Radio for Eddie Johnson and uh, Jeremiah Johnson of Bally Sports. I also mentioned this. Tomorrow we're going to be at the uh, Slippery Noodle. I'd heard that uh, Mitch Richmond is going to be down there with me tomorrow, so we'll check that out. And then you kind of can tell, I don't know if you can or not. I know James can, but I am fighting off an illness right now. And I I say fighting it off because we all have to work, don't we? And everybody thinks, well, you know, you go on the radio and it's not hard. And and you're right about that. There's nothing blue collar about this. I have had blue collar jobs in the past. So I understand what you're talking about with that in mind. But this weekend is one of the more highly anticipated weekends that I've had around here. Think about an event that hasn't been here since 1985. And the last thing I'm going to do is be sidetracked, derailed because of sickness. And we were talking to JJ, you know, about the sickness with the Pacers, whether it was Benedict Matherin or uh, Miles Turner. But I know a lot of you, like Dev, the engineer on side here, went through it last week. I know a lot of you are going through it as well. But let's go back when... When Jesse Ventura said so profoundly in the great film of 1987, Predator, we just lost Carl Weathers of that a couple of weeks ago, when he said, quote, I don't have time to bleed. I don't have time to be sick. I don't have time to be sick. So we're trying to get over it with a a lot of sleep. And I'm just, I'm taking anything by the handfuls right now, too. Um, Now, ultimately, if you remember, Jesse Ventura's character died like five minutes later after he said that. But I I think that the outcome for me is going to be much better. I just don't have time to be sick this week. And with all that is going on, who knows? It's like the Super Bowl. You ever going to get this thing back again? You know, I talk about the Super Bowl all the time. It was one of the greatest Super Bowl host performances ever. And I think we all, and rightly so, question... Whether or not it's going to get here, and I've been the first to tell you, I don't think it's ever going to get back, at least not in my lifetime. Now, maybe if they build another place further down the road, it gets back. But when you look now, when you've got all these on the rotation and how much they love to keep it in Southern California with SoFi, the NFL hub, and now, as they had this past year in Vegas, yeah, good luck. Now, some have suggested to me before that they did hear such an incredible job that you really don't want it back because there's no way in the world it would ever live up to those lofty expectations. I just don't happen to think it's ever going to be around. I'm kind of worried about this one, too. When you think about it, going back to 1985, that's a long damn time here. So I don't have time to be ill. We got a remote tomorrow. We got a live show at the Slippery Noodle. And then I get to go back and I get to spend time with Oscar Robertson coming up tomorrow at an uh, invitation-only event, a little Q&A with one of the greatest of all time. So there is no time to be ill. 
JMV Takeover Winter Circle on Sunday. There's going to be a lot of sleep. And I'm assuming, I don't know how much, a lot of drug taking. You know, over-the-counter stuff, right? I'm not going to go behind the counter or anything like that. And I'm, yes, I'm taking the, uh, the one, what's it called, chloracetin that you take with the uh, blood pressure in mind. I've been taking that a little bit, too. But I'm trying to fight this bad boy off, just like a lot of you out there and a lot of the athletes in which you love and you follow right now are trying to fight that off as well. And you watched the Pacers last night being down some players, including Matherin, including Miles Turner. No update as of yet on Aaron Neesmith, who went out of the game. I think they said shin first, and maybe it was like knee or ankle after that. Haven't heard anything regarding him. And when you look at Aaron Neesmith, he brings so much to the table on both ends of the floor. I'd mentioned this going back to last week. Obviously, their defense is not great. Their defense, to me, has ceiling down. But he is a guy that you can put out there and know that he is going to get into somebody and at least give that a try. And I guess this is kind of a backhanded compliment, right? That's the way that it sounds. He's not going to be as bad as some others. But also, in terms of him shooting the three, it seems like when he puts it up or has been putting it up more times than not, you get in your mind... You get in your mind that it's going to go down, that it's going in. And I don't know who else on this Pacer team you think about that, but Aaron Neesmith has become that. Aaron Neesmith has become a valuable player on both ends of the floor. And for an extended period of time without him would be incredibly problematic. So we would hate to see that. We'll continue to follow that story. Pacers win 127-125 last night. You've got, obviously, the final NBA games. I know the TNT crew, Shaq and Charles and Kenny and Ernie, are doing it over at the crossover. Morning, fellas, are live from the crossover, I think, coming up tomorrow morning. And then Boilermaker fans, you got Purdue and Minnesota coming up later on tonight, too. That's an 8.30 start. Purdue and Minnesota. Purdue are heavy favorites, as they should be. Minnesota has had moments. They didn't have moments last year, but Ben Johnson has given them some moments this year. Moments where you go, oh, they're, they're better than what we thought. And then other moments where you're going, all right, well, back down to earth a little bit. But they have had moments. Boilermakers, Golden Gophers coming up later on tonight. Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. That is something we shall talk about coming up on tomorrow's show. As I mentioned, tomorrow, not too far from where I sit right now, we're going to be at the Slippery Noodle getting you set again all in to the NBA All-Star Weekend, which should be absolutely electric around here. Wherever you're going, check it out. I know, I know, I know. I've heard about some of the price tags. But I bet you can find spots to go and be highly entertained and still budget the way you need to budget because I'm right there with you. Right there with you. So we got to fight off the cold and hope that we're all good coming up this weekend as well, which continues tomorrow at the Slippery Noodle here downtown. Brothers Bar and Grill today with Michelob Ultra. My man Bill and Paul are sitting right in front of me. Kevin is over there. Oh, Matt is over there too, dad of Colton. I've got to get on your podcast. I don't know if you want the sound of me on your podcast right now. I, I don't think, James, can you tell that my voice is kind of messed up? Yeah, you can You can't hear really it. tell. 
It's not terrible, but you can you can hear that you're a little bit a uh, little bit uh, raspy. So I I I got here. I got here about an hour and 15 minutes early and I parked. Normally I would park in our parking garage, but I parked right next door in a lot. And I just kind of worked on the sound a little bit, worked on the sound. And then I was like just chugging stuff to try to get it all down. But working on the sound, I don't think it's that bad right now. Maybe a little bit hoarse, sound a little bit older than usual. We do not have time to be sick this weekend my friends, brothers downtown right now. We would love to see you. NBA Jam is being played. You can win that game, the arcade game, and a lot of tickets here as well with Michelob Ultra. We'll come back with that. Eddie Johnson and Jeremiah Johnson earlier, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Mike Chappell coming up at the top of the hour. Live at Brothers, Michelob Ultra and our friends at Zinc bring us to you inside the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live as well. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh, okay. You got time to duck? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Ah, man, that's so well done. Predator, you got time to duck? All those guys got bounced. Tell the one I love. He's no longer with us either. The actor that played Billy, you want to spin it? Yeah, I think so. Go ahead and spin. Oh, yeah. You got a free spin on there for you. I think the film Predator is one of the best of the decade of the 1980s. You guys got to be on board with me on that. I just hated it when Billy, Billy just said, you know, I'm going to give up. I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to get this big-ass knife out and, and cut my bicep. I'm going to turn around on this big log that's uh, a makeshift bridge. And then just gets waxed. The Billy, man, just take a run at this. Come on, Billy. <laughs> well done back there. That's James. Hey, Pacers a 127-125 winner. We talked about that with Jeremiah Johnson a little bit earlier. He is back. And obviously, check it out. What's about to get underway here downtown? We're at Brothers today. And we are going with the finals of our NBA Jam competition which is outstanding. Thank you, Michelob Ultra, for hosting this for us in Zinc. This has been outstanding. We have more to come for you as well. So be ready for it. And again, all weekend long, we're going to be out. We're going to be out coming up tomorrow, uh, basically down under the train track and then on the other side there on Meridian. We're going to be at Slippery Noodle. Yeah, the, um, the event regarding Oscar, I think it's invitation only. But few things have been more thrilling in my life than having the opportunity to talk with him back in June for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm going to get the opportunity to do that coming up tomorrow. And I'm, uh, I'm getting well. I mean, there's, we're not debating this whatsoever. We're going to be well for that. That is just something that you cannot, will not miss. That's like a benchmark. You know, I talked about Babyface, talked about George Brett, all the ones I tried to get on around here and never have. Uh, the, the time with Oscar Robertson is the best. And when you think about, you know, how he just transcends the sport in general on all levels around here, 
And knowing that the All-Star Weekend is back once again for the first time since 1985 makes it even better, even more magnified. So, yeah, got to make sure we're all good for that. Mike Chappell is going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. We are a month away from NFL free agency, which means we're going to start talking about a lot of stuff that has no stinking chance in hell of ever coming true. We're going to be wasting a lot of breath. But what do the Colts need to do? Is it going to be re-signing their own? We're going to see a franchise tag for Pittman Jr. You're going to see an extension for Pittman Jr. Anything else out there maybe tickling the old fancy? And, you know, how about this? We're going to see it all, an adjustment, a change in attitude. We know what the attitude has been for the better part of 19 years that Chris Ballard has been here, but are we going to see an adjustment on that? Now we're going into year number two that Shane Steichen is here and knowing what he believes about offense. Mike Chappell could talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. Jeremiah Johnson, Valley Sports, Indiana. Eddie Johnson of NBA TV and the Suns Television Network. The 17-year NBA player was awesome a little bit earlier. The podcast, 1075thefan.com. Bourbon and Beyond tickets coming up at the 5 o'clock hour as well. Hey, who do we want to re-enter here? You want to do Dave Matthews? You want to do Beck? What do you want to re-enter with? What's going to be the song here, James? Uh, I'm done for whatever. Let's do, uh, let's, do, let's do Beck. We'll do Beck again. All right. We'll do something from Beck. Something from the artist known as Beck in the 5 o'clock hour. It's your chance to win a pair of tickets. Actually, it's, a, four, it's a, a pair of four-day tickets to the Bourbon and Beyond going down in Louisville coming up in September. You will not want to miss out on this. I know you guys have been trying. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? It should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. My man, Phil Burton's in the house. Now, make sure I know how to get in and around down here this weekend, too. Shout out to everybody here. I was talking to Matt and Kevin a little bit earlier. Billy's here. Paul's here. Is that buffalo on top of mac and cheese right there, Billy? Yeah, I couldn't take a bite of that. That would be problematic for the host of this show right here. Telling you what. Hey, NBA Jam, I'm Michelob Ultra, Brothers Downtown. We'd love to see you here. As I know people are playing, we're going to get started a little bit later on. The winner gets the video game itself, the arcade game, and then a ton of tickets courtesy of our friends at Zinc and Michelob Ultra concert tickets throughout the concert season around here. It's awesome, and it is on here as we're doing it live at Brothers Downtown. Uh, Eddie Johnson a little bit earlier. Eddie Johnson unearthed a revelation of sorts at the end of the conversation. It was kind of burying the lead, right? So at the end of our conversation, we talked a lot about his era of the NBA as a scorer and you know, Seattle getting another franchise, the Supersonics being such a staple, iconic for so many years. We talked about Halliburton and the Pacers. And then at the end of the conversation, I brought up Mike Woodson because Eddie Johnson also spent a lot of time in Kansas City for the Kansas City Kings in the early 80s. And he said, hey, I'm actually having lunch with Mike Woodson right now. He's sitting right across from me. So that kind of buried the lead a little bit. It was interesting. If you missed any of it, podcast 1075thefan.com. Jeremiah Johnson. 
Valley Sports Indiana is out and about down here as well. Apparently, at Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up here in the next hour, they're going to have an official tip. Then everybody is going to head up Georgia Street for the official opening of uh, the uh, crossover, the NBA's crossover inside the convention center. Hey, can you look this up to James? Who's the concert tonight? We're trying to figure out who the concert is during the crossover over at the uh, convention center. So people are going to gather in front of Gamebridge Fieldhouse now, and then they'll probably head up to the crossover uh, inside the convention center in a little bit. I know that uh, there are a lot of country acts. I know T-Pain at some point. I know Lil Wayne at some point. Oh, it's Zed and T-Pain tonight? Thank you very much, man. Appreciate that. Zed and T-Pain tonight as they officially get everything open. All right, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. NFL season ended this past Sunday, and we're a month away from the start of free agency, and I think a week away from finding out a little bit more, I'm assuming, about Michael Pittman Jr. and his status moving forward. Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59, he does join us. Hello, Mike, how are you? Good, how are you? Were you on the beat back in 85 covering the All-Star weekend here? Well, I can't remember that. I, I the, the only thing I can remember Pacer-wise is, is I held, I was on the group when they were when they were playing the Pistons all the time in the playoffs, and the one year they went NBA Finals with with the Lakers. I remember that. Okay. See, with, the, with, with, with the Pistons, I remember the seventy-eight, seventy-five games where they were brass knuckles and all that stuff, which is kind of funny when you watch the Pacers play now how back in the day yeah. it was with the Pistons, but uh, I, I was limited. One thing I did learn when I was covering the Pacers in the playoffs with, with Reggie Miller is when, when you're not one of the guys, you don't know what the what the, the ground rules are. And I was supposed to go and do something on Reggie. I don't know what the heck it was. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not one of the guys. So I'll wait till this is over, you know, about over, and I'll, then I'll ask my question. And I found out that, like, Reggie answered eight questions. And when Reggie was done, Reggie yeah. was done. It's not like Yeah, he just said, thank you very much. It was over, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I might have got what I needed, but I found out real quick, you, if you're going to go outside your lane, you better know what the ground rules are. <clears throat> no. And, you know, I just I didn't know how prominent that was back then. And certainly – NBA All-Star Weekend in 85 was much different, as was downtown Indianapolis in 1985, right. than what we see today. Yeah, it, it's funny. I can, I, being in Beach Grove, I will not. The closest I might get to downtown is to wife and I and the daughter and granddaughter may go to Red Lobster over there on um, by Thompson and eat. That might be the closest I get because I bet it's just a hornet's nest. Mike Wells mentioned that he in our, our Colts group that he said, yeah, I went downtown uh, yesterday to get his credential. He said it was a madhouse. And what I've always thought is, I think it's cool. It's really great when the city has these things, the Super Bowl, Final Fours. And it's really great for the media, outside media, because you come in and you, you take a shuttle from the airport and you're downtown. You don't look for parking. And if you're, if you're a local media or just fans, I'll bet it's a pain in the ass to try to find parking or easy access. I bet it's terrible. Hey, we don't want to tell anybody that. Get them all down here. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's great. They've got all the streets open. 
parking yes. free. Yes. Yeah, and you, yes. get, and you get a beer if you park in the right lot. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And by the way, I did error here. Thanks to Eddie Garrison, who through James tells me that the tip-off is at Bicentennial Plaza, not Gamebridge. So it's at Bicentennial Plaza, and it is not T-Pain and Zed. They play tomorrow. Tonight, it's a surprise. So the surprise at the crossover coming up later on this evening. So there you go. Bicentennial Plaza for the official tip-off and then the NBA crossover where they have a surprise um, artist. It's uh, T-Pain and Zed coming up tomorrow. It's uh, Mike Chappell, CBS 4, Fox 59's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right. We're going to get into this Michael Pittman Jr. stuff a little bit. You have any feel sooner rather than later? We're going to find out. I know we're going to find out, I guess, something coming up next week, right? Or here relatively I, soon. I, I, they haven't I, used I, the, you, you the franchise since the McAfee. But go yeah, ahead. Two, two, and, and the last one I can and, – and, and, and I know they had the Edgar played under the franchise tag one year. Right. Uh, I thought there was a couple other guys, uh, Marcus Pollard or Dilger. Now, whether they got a contract, I, I don't remember. I'm, I'll start researching that. But, yeah, it, it, I think it's Tuesday. Is it the 20th Tuesday of the day yeah. that you can start that? Whether they do it right away, I don't know. I don't know why you would or why you wouldn't. Uh, and and with the idea that that you're going to keep working on a long term deal, I assume. I don't think they're just saying, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to tag him." I don't think they would take that approach because that does come with some consequences. It just will. Uh, you know, at, at some level, Pitt won't be here for for some of the off season work, which is counterproductive to, to getting a quarterback back and then all of a sudden his leading receiver is going to you know he'll say I'll show up whenever I show up so but they, they deal with that so whether they do it right away I would I don't know why you wouldn't again because you might as well a lot of times they, they do these tags and then you're still working on a long term and then you get a long term done or you don't so yeah it, it, I, I, I would be it's funny I've seen some of these mock drafts and a couple of them had the the Colts taking a receiver at 15, which is fine. But their rationale is, well, you know, Pittman may get a big contract out there. So the the Colts are going to lose him. I just, I just don't see the scenario where he's not here next year. Uh, I I just think he's one, he's two, he, 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 he's almost indispensable to the team because of, because of the receiver room. It, It makes zero sense. To, to, to go into really the the, the the second year of your quarterback, of your young quarterback who's still developing, and add a further a number one pick who's young. You've already got Alec Pierce who's young and Josh Downs who's young. So I, I, I just – it doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you don't bring him back, we've talked about this, if you don't bring him back, it's going to cost you every bit of that to get a guy on the open market if there's anybody out there that's – any good because like with the Colts a lot of these pending free agents will get re-signed or tagged because you know it, it, it sucks for the players to some level 21 million or 20 millions nothing to sneeze at but it's still less than what he would get on the market and these guys so that's why I say it, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to not re-sign him or bring him back because it's going to cost that much to bring him back to bring to, to replace him Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I would guess 
everybody completely would agree with you regarding that. Here's, I think, one question I would have, and maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's more than a little bit, maybe it's absolutely nothing at all. But we go into your number two with Shane Steichen. Now, we know, obviously, offensively how he wants to play. We know how he wants to look. Do you think that's changed the attitude on putting together a team of Ballard at all? Since we knew what exactly what he wanted, and he's really stuck to that program, and there's been a lot of disappointment over that time, too, without question. But you think that's changed that attitude that he has had and how to build a successful team at all? I think maybe they, they'll be a little, a little more aggressive, maybe, uh, with Steichen in the quarterback. Because you can start now building – you know, around a guy who in that needs to be the quarterback for the next four, six, eight, ten years, that makes it a lot different on how you 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 work in the in free agency, especially on offense. Now you can tailor guys around your quarterback. And, and I always thought, like after the first year, going into the first year, what did he? What were what were his evaluations? Of players, you know, the, 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 it didn't matter what Frank Reich and he, even to some degree Chris Ballard. I mean, Chris has still got his evaluations and likes and dislikes of, of the personnel, but all of a sudden you've got a new set of eyes, you know, and, and maybe he's got a, a, a different slant on a guy. You know, there's no question that Chris Ballard really likes Michael Pittman. I mean, he, every, every time we talk to him, and as we've talked, that, that's the kind of guy, the, the kind of the traits he brings that you want in, in, a, in a core player. Now, you, you'd want maybe something more, as a receiver, the deep threat and all that stuff. But we, that, that's not the point. But but what does Shane Steichen, how, how does he feel about Pittman? How does he feel about now Mo Ali Cox? How does he feel about, you know, Alec Pierce? Because those those aren't his guys. Uh, so so that that'll be interesting. But, but I, I do think w- with the new coach and the fact that you saw what's possible last year with, with a limit with a limited offensive roster I, it still blows my mind that these guys were tight for 10th in scoring it just really does with all their the limitations now the offensive line played lights out but as far as not getting consistency from the tight ends and not getting the big bops from Alec Pierce and the running game was hit and miss and you know Jonathan Taylor was in and out and back in and so yeah. I think the fact that he, he did what he did with that group was pretty impressive. That's why I think may, maybe they're a little more aggressive, maybe uh, in free agency with whether for receiver. They need to come out of the receipt out of free agency in the draft with, in my mind, another another top line receiver and a, a, a top line, I guess, tight end. That that that's where they're talking explosive, and you can really do that. You know, I, I wouldn't waste a third-round pick on a tight end because that's what you, you've invested the last few years with Granson and Jelani Woods and, you know, even Drew Ogletree, who's another story. But I, I just I just think you need to come out of the personnel shaping time with those positions. And then, you know, yes, on defense, cornerback safety and, you know, all that stuff. That's why I say it, it, it would be – it would just complicate things so much. If if you just if they decided well we, we can we can we can replace Pittman with two players at even less money than what it would cost to keep him I, I just think that would be a wrong evaluation and 
the, again, I, I, I would like to get more out of Pittman. And I think one of the biggest things that they need to determine, and that's what they have these meetings for with Reggie and all these guys, is is Michael Pittman, the limitations in his game, the, the what is he, 10.5 or 10.9, whatever, career. Yeah. Uh, is that because that's who he is, or is that because what the offense, the quarterbacks have, have limited him to? That's what they got to decide. Same with Alec Pierce. You know, is his lack of of, of bigger bigger games a, a product of the quarterback? And I'm yeah, I think so in both of them. So yeah, it, it'll be really interesting. And again, the mock drafts have had the, the Bowers kid from Georgia there. They've had a couple of receivers. A corner, which I, I wouldn't turn down a corner at 15, as long as you can tell me who who, who your other receiver and your tight ends are going to be. So it, it, it'll be really, really interesting. And they've got again with the flexibility of being at 15 and and in having having some good cap space and again ownership that'll pay to, to to improve the roster. It's just a good situation. And then you got the new head coach who gives you every reason to believe that with better skill personnel, you can do even better than tied for 10th uh, in scoring. No, it's Mike Chappell is with us. I, I completely agree with that. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What do you think ultimately happens with Minshew? Do you think that market-wise he just finds a better deal with more opportunity to play? And then I would argue – I mean, where would you have more opportunity to play than what you've seen opportunity-wise here? So that would be my suggestion. But if you're a betting guy, would he be around this roster as a backup role coming up this year? Boy, if I'm betting on it, I'd say no. I think they want – I think he's going to want more. And maybe he gets more. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I thought we saw – who Gardner Minshew was this year, this past year, which is, you know, which, which is good and bad. It's, it's, he was the reason he was the reason they were within fourth and two of maybe beating Houston. And, and maybe the reason that they didn't beat Houston, probably the reason they didn't beat Houston. So, you know, you, you you can have both things, both things can be true. I, I, whether there's going to be a eight or $10 million a year contract for him. I don't know. I, I don't think they would pay that. Maybe they want to get a quarterback. I saw Nate Atkins with the star hat. I'm, you know, maybe pushing for a Tyrod Taylor. Okay, okay, I, I, I could see that. Who's more in line with the quarterback you've got as far as skill set? So, I, I, I'm guessing he won't be back. Uh, if he comes back, it's going to be you know for more money, but with the idea that you know. Richardson again is the guy, and you know, you know, he, barring injury, he's a guy. Now I realize barring injury, it's, that's why Minshew played so much this year. But I think he'll have, I think he'll have better opportunities than coming back here. It just, that's just a gut feeling. Well, and for the Colts, do they have better opportunities as a backup? Because don't, don't you still have to take the thought in mind that there was so much unavailability in year number one? I mean, you, you, you got to see it to believe it, right? So wouldn't you have to lean on the side of safety and support right here? And what would they be looking for at that backup role if not Minshew, if he's outpriced? Well, again, somebody that could step in and, and play for ideally two or three games. You know, if Richardson bangs his head on the the floor again and he's out a game or two, that's what you want. I mean, 
if he's going to be if he's going to be out for you know 11 12 games then then you're you're sort of rolling the dice that the, that the back if you bring in is that type of a guy really that's why I say they really they really came out well with with what what Minshew was able to do with his limitations at all and and we know what they were but but he was the reason they won a lot of games as well so I, I they in my mind, whether it's Minshew or whoever, it's got to be a guy that you're convinced can be that short term. Yes, there's going to be a drop off because there's almost, well, there's always a drop off between the quarterback and the backup. There's is. That's why the guy's the backup. But you need to have a guy, unlike too many years during the Manning years, to where it's it's like they just had a backup quarterback because everybody has a backup quarterback. They didn't they didn't invest much. Now part of that was. They couldn't. They couldn't get veteran guys to come here, just because they. First, he's not going to play because Peyton played. What was it? The first two hundred and some games of his career. But then you're not even going to take snaps during practice with the first group because Peyton did all that. It's different now, but I. But I think their approach is different too. To where they they they, they found out last year that that boy, you need that guy. You need that guy just to. It's it's like the. Ins- I, I just took out an. Ins- current policy for my cat because you know and you hope you never have to use it but if you've got it if you need it you got it so I think they understand that and Chris Ballard pretty much told us that but is it Minshew if he wants you know x million and you're willing to pay you know not quite x million I don't know I I just think he'll have a better I think this is one to where he will they'll say hey go out there and see what you can get and if you can get what you want God love you but if you can't come back here i guess but keep in mind that we might find somebody else before you come back here i, I think they might look elsewhere in, in part because maybe Minshew you find something else somewhere else that's willing to pay more did you just say that you took out an insurance policy on your cat cat c-a-t kitten we yeah it's let's not go down the rabbit hole too much but we we went to the humane society about three months ago and got two kittens two from the same litter and didn't do insurance, and one of them got really sick, and we paid quite a bit of money to get you know find out, and then it passed away, and we spent more money. And I thought, man, we're not doing this crap again. We're getting insurance in case this this. Ah. So, so this is one where I'm willing to pay extra to ensure that I've got a healthy cat. Because if you got insurance, they stay healthy. If you don't have insurance, they get sick. That's how it works. Yeah, well, I get to hang out with uh, Laney's. Uh, his name is, uh, to everybody else, Zeke. I call him P. Rick. And if you put that together, that's what you get. P. Rick. Yep. So, yep. he's, uh, and what's funny about it is, you know who he likes the most is me. I have no idea why. I go, is man, right? really? Yeah. So, well, they, they, yes. They, they P. Go, P. They Rick or to... Zeke, as he's also referenced. Yes. Well, they, are, they always buddy up to the abusive person, so maybe it's you got an abusive... Yeah, well, I don't know if I'd call myself <laughs> abusive, but he, he will, uh, I, you know, I str- he likes to pull down the curtains. And for some reason, he takes the lid off the Keurig all the time and pours the water out. I don't know why he does that. So <laughs> I, I think know. he's a little bit nuts. So I do yeah. think he's a little bit nuts. What's up? Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 that joins us. I, I guess this is not a surprise because if you have a disappointing loss, as Sam Fran did in the Super Bowl, then somebody is probably going to have to fall on that proverbial sword 
Uh, right. Was was Steve Wilkes the scapegoat of that situation? And I guess are you surprised? You know, even with the continuity that Shane Steichen talks about enjoying having, are you surprised the Colts didn't make a similar move with their defensive coordinator? Oh, maybe, maybe because you know the, the numbers really didn't support Gus as much as maybe they did Wilkes. And again, I didn't follow the Niners all year, so and I read some of their stuff and. They weren't happy with some of the things that, that Wilkes did. What I laughed at was when Monday people were tweeting from Frisco that that, that, that uh, Shanahan said, yeah, he said, I anticipate all of our coaches being back. And, and, and Shane Steichen said essentially the same thing two days after they lost because that's because they really haven't thought about it. And then, you know, a short time later, they, they get rid of, what was it, two guys. So, yeah, I, I guess with Gus and I, I always defer to Rick Venturi because he's Mr. Defense and knows all that stuff. Uh, they, they, they obviously they, they believe in Gus. They do. Now, whether they whether they attributed the issues, you know, the ranking in the bottom on on points and all that stuff and third downs and the fact that hey, we we, we really tied his hands with young, inexperienced secondary guys, and this is what you get. I don't know. I wouldn't have been surprised had they made the change. I wouldn't have. I'm su- I'm more surprised that they got rid of Ollie, the D D line coach. I got. I thought he got a, he got those guys. For, forget the 51, the Indy record 51 sacks. I mean, I thought every one of those defensive linemen, and they played a bunch. You know, they play six, seven, eight guys, and like six of them, the top six had their best season, without question. We saw growth from all of those guys, so I'm thinking, God, what did what Ali do? But you know, they, they make every team makes changes, and we'll never, we'll you know, Mike Mitchell was let go. Well, that was sort of <laughs> we sort of expected that. He, he kind of opened the door up himself on that, didn't yeah, he? He's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. So, but but coaches, they 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 tinker with staffs, and what's really amazing is is unless I've missed something. But the, the Chiefs win, win it all, and they've got everybody intact. You know, normally you lose, yeah. you, you lose people, and they might get Eric Bieniemy back in some form or fashion. So, yeah, co- coaches always do that, and, and those of us in the media, when they make changes, we we say, boy, that was a that was a great addition to the staff because this guy's done this, and then two years later we're set, we soured on whomever it is. So, I don't get too bent out of shape over it. I wouldn't have been surprised if Gus had been let go because the, you, you, you could make a strong case because of the numbers, the, the raw numbers. Uh, but again, the one with Ollie just kind of surprised me and we'll, and we'll never know. I don't think, well, you know, we wanted to make a change. We're comfortable with this guy from Pitt, but we'll never know. I don't think. Yeah. You mentioned the chiefs too. I mean, you, you they may end up getting the enemy back, but you know, you got uh, Matt Nagy, you had a lot of the guys that were involved in, you know, the time before last hiring cycle with the Colts. No? And, you know, Nagy was the guy that, if you remember, Brad Childress went on a radio show and talked about how he told Nagy that the wrong choice would be going to Indy. Yeah. So, it's what's funny about that is, I mean, it wasn't a great choice going to Chicago, but it sure as hell was a great <laughs> choice going back to Kansas City because that quarterback's going to make you look like a genius uh, if you are a genius or if you aren't a genius. That's just ready-made. I think it's always great to have the, the hot coordinators are the ones that have the great quarterback. And, you know, we'll, we'll really – again, I, I always I go back to when 
the Colts hired Ted Marchabota back in the mid-'90s from Buffalo. He was our coordinator to be a head coach. And we always said, hey, you going to bring the K-Gun with you? Well, yes, I can bring Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reed. And so, but, but it's, it's seldom do you see the guy that's got the, 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 the crappy quarterback who ends up, you know, 25th ranked is the hot guy. So, but, but a lot of these guys, I tell you, but, but it, you, you look at it, and again, Shane Steichen, he had uh, Jalen Hurts in, in coming off that year. And, and, and then you see Jalen Hurts kind of take a little step back in that offense. Kind of, and, and in that case, they missed Shane Steichen. They really did. So it, it, it just, if you, if you get the right guy, then it's the right guy. If you go for it on fourth and two and don't make it, if you if you choose to, to take the ball in overtime to start in the playoffs and you and you don't win, then you should on something. You should always do something else that doesn't work. So that's why I say with with the Colts outlook and all the draft and free agency and all this stuff, I think Steichen does tip the scales a little bit more than, than maybe another coach would because I think he proved last year what his influence is and can be moving forward. So, and I hope so. I, I, you and I both hope that they get off the schneid on free agency wide receivers. We've still got to yeah. get over the, uh, it's such a low bar uh, for, for free agent receivers to come in and do something. So may, maybe you and I will finally have something to talk about this year. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? I mean, you would think that it should be a perfect storm of, of finally really, truly doing what we have talked about so many years considering who yeah, your yeah, coach I, is I, and knowing how he wants to run things i just would prefer so. adding a veteran for minute you know not, yeah. for medium as opposed to bringing in a another second or third round receiver because you got a couple of those guys and let's let those guys develop and bring in that veteran presence and what do we know what do i know it's uh, mike chapel of cbs4 and fox 59 on the andy moore automotive group hotline mike i appreciate that have an outstanding weekend over there in Beach Grove, and we'll fire it back up and see what happens next week. And we're going to be a week closer to free agency and see how much of the conversation we have ends up being a complete waste of time per usual. So that's not that's how it goes. I've wasted a lot of my yeah. years, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. And enjoy your weekend downtown. I know you're a hoops guy too, so enjoy the – One thing, and I've not followed it that much, I hope the NBA and all their – braininess has found some way to incorporate the red, white, and blue ball prominently. Three-point yeah. shooting, a celebrity game, and then one other thing is they need to bring back, this is the ABA days, uh, Dancing Harry. I realize he's probably six feet under. But bring, yeah. but bring, bring, bring in uh, Long Tall Glasses by Leo Sher, and I'm telling you, that I'll be in heaven. So that's, I've only got those two requests. Other than that, enjoy the weekend. That's awesome right there. That is well done with Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59. Mike, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Mike Chappell with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So, James, as we go to a break, I've been told, I think it's a secret. Is it a secret or is it a secret out who the entertainment is over at the crossover opening? Uh, I've been told that it's a secret. Have you? Yeah. So if I think I know, should I say it? Uh, or are we keeping it a secret? That's above my pay grade, Not like they're doing man. anything for us. What the hell, all right? That's above my know. pay grade, that's, man. No, I was wondering. Hey, you're the producer back there. You've got to tell me. Yeah, I did see IUPUI last night in Detroit. Mike Davis's team at Detroit getting their first win of the year against IUPUI. Yeah. In front of 
about 29 people at Detroit. And they had a court storming of one. A court storming of one last night. Purdue, Minnesota, Mac Arena, and West Lafayette later on tonight. Back into that, some of your calls on the other side. We'll see where you're going this weekend as well. And uh, we'll still spend time here. Brothers downtown, Michelob Ultra, NBA Jam. Somebody's going to go home with the arcade game and a lot of tickets as well before the night is through. 93.5107.5, the fan. The Ride with JMV. Here's Jenny! Don't! David Letterman! Hi, David! I'm Grandpa! Don't! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Ah, so, Blake tells me that it's Machine Gun Kelly and everybody already knows, so that's good. It evidently is no secret. Machine Gun Kelly, who's going to open up over there. Well done. Bicentennial Plaza celebration for the tip. And then over to the crossover where both uh, Swebo will be coming up tomorrow morning from 7 until 10 a.m. And have a good time with you right there. Uh, tonight, it is Machine Gun Kelly doing the work for you as we officially get underway. Skivvy says, young MC. It is not young MC. No bust a move right there. Thank you. JMV, if the Colts don't bring their best wide receiver back, who would they bring back at that point? That is so true. So true. Rex Hampton says, Mike Chappell should be the visit indie spokesman. <laughs> yeah. I tried to, uh, to get him out of that right there a little bit, I think. Hey, JMV, the turning point weather-wise for me was and is the Masters weekend. Still look forward to it every year. Spring is shortly thereafter. See, I think we already have some warm days. Maybe it's just me. I kind of feel like once we get on the other side of the Daytona 500, I start feeling better about it. Could be wrong about it, but um, that's how I always feel. Corbin writes this, JMV, have you ever tried the, uh, is it Zyacam cotton swabs that goes up your nose? I swear by them to get over an illness quickly. I've got to get over it quickly right here. I still think I'm sounding pretty good, even if I am struggling a little bit, right? I want to get to the finish. I'm going to go home. I'm going to sleep until tomorrow, get back up, and hopefully be ready because we do not have time to be sick this weekend. Hopefully that is not the case. Hopefully you get down here and enjoy some of NBA All-Star Weekend for the first time since 1985. Man, what? I look back at that, too. It was so incredible. And if you watch the dunk contest, I don't know how much of it you get to see if it's in its entirety. But Terrence Stansberry, the pacer, got absolutely robbed. And believe me, you had Jordan as a rookie. Dominique Wilkins was a part of it. Drexler was a part of it. Larry Nance a part of that too, maybe? Nance was a part of that. But Terrence Stansberry got robbed in that. He was so good. But first time since 85, and it should be fun as hell. JMV, you're going to watch Caitlin Clark break the all-time women's scoring record later on tonight from Iowa. Let me tune in for that for a minute. I saw where she mentioned that she hopes they don't stop the game. I don't know. She may want to get back out there, but I bet you, I bet you they are stopping the game for that. 
That is a big deal, and then especially a big deal if she ends up here for the WNBA and the Indiana Fever. There's no doubt about that. When you consider the type of eyeballs that she has brought, no matter what time we're talking about, whether it's the middle of the afternoon or at night in prime time on a Saturday night, it has been amazing. No doubt about that. Hey, JMV, I was watching the game last night, too, and like you, I felt they just needed to squeeze by and get that win. Does anything concern you about this team moving forward, however? Because rarely, if ever, have they played consistent basketball that we did see often prior to the trade for Pascal Siakam. There are a lot of things going into the Siakam thing, and I don't want to act like at all I'm going to blame him. I mean, you had the injury to Halliburton. You had him coming back and then going back and, you know, re-injuring that and being gone again. To me, and I talked to J.J. about this a little bit earlier, and he agreed, I, I think that they have heavy legs right now. I think that they look tired compared to the way we saw them get up and down the floor and run so many teams off the floor. And people will say, well, is that Rick, you know, trying to, to make sure they play defense better? I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. This doesn't look like here recently they have been off on the run to the level that they were earlier this season. I would understand that. You know, tired, heavy legs where you are right now. But at the same time, you hope that that gets back because that was, that was a major product as to why they were so successful early on, for example. They were so successful in that in-season tournament, the first one. I mean, they were able to take those teams that had veteran guys and ran them up and down the floor to where late in the game, their legs were a little bit heavy. They were a little bit out of gas. That even if defensively you struggle at the highest of levels, if you can put together a spot here or there where you get a stop late, that's huge. That's what this team looks for. This team has gotten better defensively. But they've also lost a little bit of offense. And I think we see also the effect of not having Buddy Heal. This is one thing that drove me nuts last night. So if Ben Shepard was fantastic late, knocked out a couple of threes, and then had the defensive stand one-on-one with R.J. Barrett. When uh, Barrett got him in the lane, did a little bit of a fadeaway in front of the rim and missed it long, that was really some good moments offensively and defensively there for Ben Shepard. But I get a lot of see how much better he is than Buddy because Buddy couldn't have done that. I would argue, especially the way as of late Buddy is shooting right now in Philly, that maybe you wouldn't have to have seen that if Buddy's presence was on the floor. See, that's another thing oftentimes gets lost. And believe me, that was last week. He's traded now. It doesn't really matter. But the availability of Buddy all the time was key. I know a lot of you were down. A lot of you watched him go through a shooting slump. And a lot of you didn't buy what I tried to tell you about why he's still a big deal and still can be effective even when he's going through a shooting slump. But... Just being out there and being available and being able to run as much. That's something we talked to Chad Buchanan about on Monday. He said those are two keys right there. Always being available, seemingly never being injured, and then being able to run and sprint at the end of the game as you are sprinting at the beginning of the game. 
and then spacing out and running to your spot and then creating space, you know, for Halliburton to roam or somebody else to get some, some space to move where that is going to be an effect moving forward. There's no other way to say it. You're right. Shepard had a great individual defensive stand at the end of the game. He knocked down a couple of threes. You want him to, you know, to become a counted upon player, even if he is a rookie. But what Buddy Heald brought was just his effectiveness just being on the floor. And you can start with availability, just being available each and every time. And that's why that it's not the same. They did lose something major, even if you felt last night you would rather end up seeing, you know, Shepard there than Heald in that situation. You could also argue that maybe they're not in that situation if Heald is out there too. I just, like, I, I don't want to see, what do they call it, catching strays? I don't want to see Buddy catching any strays. I mean, even if he wanted to go, even if they kind of were forced to let him go, I don't want to see him catching any flack because he was, he was good and effective for this team. And in the short term this year, you cannot make up for that. Shot make or shot miss. Part's true. Thank you for that. But I do agree as far as getting up and down the floor. It just not has, hasn't been the same as it was. And we'll see if this uh, time off hopefully gets their legs back a little bit and they get back to running. You know, I mentioned two things. I mentioned being able to get out on the run you know, and sprint, sprint up and down the floor which you saw last night, Toronto beat them down the floor a couple of different times. But, you know, being able to do that and not seeing the ball stick as much as the ball sticks. I think you maybe point the finger at that just being new guy, new guy that's talented, trying to work him in to the best of his ability, I guess. Quick break and we'll come back. Again, NBA jams being played. A championship will be won for the arcade game itself. And tickets courtesy of Michelob Ultra, Michelob Ultra NBA Jam, and our friends from Zinc. Yeah, we're live downtown at Brothers. Started here at 6 o'clock with you and a lot more for you. And tomorrow's show, where we're going to be and who we're going to be talking to as we officially get into NBA All-Star Weekend here in downtown Indianapolis. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Dude, most metal ever! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, this sounds like Beck right here. Beck is a part of the action coming up to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. September the 19th through the 22nd. It is called Bourbon and Beyond. The Highland Festival grounds the Kentucky Exposition Center. And certainly, even though it is northern Kentucky, it's not like, hey, we're going to put a couple of chairs here. This is great. This is going to be awesome. Again, the 19th through the 22nd for Bourbon and Beyond. Beck is going to be a part of it. And as I've mentioned a bunch, Dave Matthews Band will be a part of it. These are choice tickets for you. And a shout-out to to our folks here, Trisha and the gang, that uh, put that on our radar. That is awesome right there. That's going to be a fantastic weekend of musical celebration and bourbon celebration. When you're down there, you know, make sure you check out our friends at Heaven Hill Distillery. Tell me if you end up winning these tickets, and I'll see if Brent Halverson maybe can get us on board with doing something a little special for you down there as well. 
By the way, Brent Holverson celebrating, I think this is this week, his 50th birthday. And we're going to have coming up next week, our month of February. And this is going to be great, too. Can't wait for it. Month of February Tavern Tour Stop. That's coming up next week. But uh, Brent Halverson celebrating the month of February, number 50 for him. Bourbon and Beyond at number nine at 239-1070. Should be an absolute blast for you. If you want those tickets, again, to get back with me, and we'll see if uh, Brent can or Randy maybe can set you up with a little something right there. Speaking of setup, you can tell downtown is getting exciting right now. There's a ton going on. Officially, the NBA All-Star Weekend is just about here. You know, I mentioned being live here at Brothers today. Live at Brothers with Michelob Ultra and NBA Jam. The champion of that, I got to give a lot of thanks to our friends at Zinc. They came up with this idea. And this idea was absolute genius, especially when you lead up to the NBA All-Star Weekend and know just how much Michelob Ultra has to do with a sponsorship of the NBA and one of the greatest video games of all time, sports video games of all time, would be that of NBA Jam. So for the past four to five weeks, we've been going out every Thursday and turning you guys loose as they are up there right now on that video game. And uh, the championship winner will take it home. The stand-up arcade game, which would look great in anybody's house, look great in anybody's man cave, look great in anybody's den. It's your opportunity to win that if you are the high score, if you are the best here at Brothers Downtown. And I also want to remind you of this. Speaking of Brothers, even when we leave, Get the great food, obviously, ice-cold Michelob Ultra. But even when we leave, know that tomorrow, that Drew told me earlier, they're going to open up the bar downstairs. They have an all-new bar downstairs. And the reason why I bring this up, there'll be a lot of places this weekend that are going to be so crowded, and you're going to go, man, this is going to be a pain. I don't know about getting in there. This place has tons of space for you. So now they've also opened up the bar coming up tomorrow downstairs. They open up the patio outdoors where it is climate controlled. So you have plenty of room if you're looking for that spot here at Brothers Bar and Grill downtown. And thanks to Drew and the gang for having us today. That, my friends, was absolutely outstanding. All right, tomorrow's show, Slippery Noodle coming up tomorrow. I think I've got a variety of guests that will join us. You know, our normal Friday, I'm assuming our normal Friday, we do need to get Bob Lovell on because we've got the girls sectional, or check that, the girls semi-states coming up around the state of Indiana on Saturday. But you also have Greg and Bob doing the boys sectional draw on Sunday. So the final weekend, what do you think? Final weekend? Nope. Yeah, moving up to the final week of the boys' regular season, and the sectional pairing show is coming up on Sunday with Greg and Bob and company with the IHSAA. We'll talk about that with Bob Lovell coming up on tomorrow's show. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier. Eddie Johnson joined the show, the 17-year NBA guy who was outstanding in every stop, and he's also been a part of NBA on Sirius XM for a long time and been a part of the Phoenix Suns television network, too. But we were talking to him about a variety of things, you know, whether it is the uh, change of the NBA for the better, uh, for the worse in some eyes, how it 
It's different than when he played, and he was a scorer from anywhere on the floor. But maybe the most interesting part of it, so we get to the end of the conversation, and he tells us that he's actually at lunch with IU coach Mike Woodson. And Mike Woodson was sitting at the time right across from him. I bring that up because IU gets Northwestern coming up on Sunday. Northwestern for the remainder of the year without guard Ty Berry. And he is able or was able to heat it up at any time. You saw how he shot the lights out for a lot of that game against Purdue a couple of weeks ago. That is a big loss for the remainder of the season for Northwestern being without Ty Berry. Get IU and Northwestern coming up on Sunday course on Saturday you get Butler hosting Creighton would be great if you could see the dogs get that win make it a sweep over Creighton this year and further solidify their place their spot in the NCAA tournament in March that is a big one coming up on Saturday at Hinkle Fieldhouse a big one for my Sycamores I was shocked I was shocked that they only fell from 20 to 28 in the net with that loss to Illinois State only fell to 28. They're on the road at Southern Illinois on Saturday. And we'll see if they can get back on the winning track. Tonight, Minnesota on the road at Purdue this evening. Boilermakers continue to maintain, trying to march to that number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Got the Boilermakers and the Golden Gophers coming up later on tonight. Dev, great job from you, man. Appreciate that. Back at the studio, James, tomorrow's show, former Pacer Sam Perkins on the show tomorrow. Mike Wells tomorrow, Bob Lovell tomorrow, Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, and more. We're going to be live celebrating. We're going to be a slippery noodle tomorrow, beginning at 3. Would love to see you there. Should be outstanding coming up tomorrow. Don't miss a minute right here, starting at 3, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.